What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is episode number 60, or technically it's the Snyder Cut of episode 10. Um, We are reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League. Essentially, what had happened was when Justice League was being filmed, a whole bunch of Justice League got filmed, and we only got to see parts of it, and then a bunch of reshot stuff in 2017. And this is the director's vision, the director being Zack Snyder, his vision of what he wanted out of his Justice League film. Uh, I won't go into my opinions on it yet, because you can listen to that in the episode. Uh, I think it's about an hour and a half, maybe a little over, but it's definitely less than the four-hour runtime of the actual film. You can see it now on HBO Max. If you're in the States, it's on, uh, what is it? Uh, It's on Crave with the HBO extension in Canada. Uh, I'm sure you could find it if you're looking. So check it out. It's definitely worth the watch. You might have to block off, you know, a day or uh, watch it in a couple of installments. But I think your time will be well worth it, especially if you were wanting more from the original Justice League that came out in 2017. Anyways, that's my spiel. Let's get into the episode. Uh... Yeah, let's get into the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Everyone, this is the Welcome to Your Doom Show. I'm Atul Kachu. This is Justin Carcassole. Uh, Justin, what's up, Uncle? man? Um, not much, dude. We ain't got time for that shit. No, we we have a four-hour movie to review. <laughs> Justin, how do you double your Rotten Tomatoes score? You Make, double your double goddamn runtime. This is <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Never come out so hot for a fucking podcast ever. That was amazing. Oh, this might be the second best, my second favorite opening of all time. My first being the Vermintide. Oh, the Vermintide nickname. Oh, that was that was yeah. the best. But, uh, that was, this is a very close I, I, second. I watched that. I watched that video again, and your reaction just—I just watch you, and your 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 reaction is just killer. I'm it's glad like, that's one of the ones. I'm glad that's one of the ones we got on video. Oh, yeah. uh, so, yo, so some stuff I want to get out of the way first. Uh, that's okay. like not non-spoilery. Let's talk about aspect ratios for a quick minute. Yes, here. yeah, okay. yeah. Because okay. we were okay. Yeah, there was a, a a fellow of a fellow friend of mine who will rename nameless got to see this a little earlier, and he was the one that told me about the aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. He also took work off that day, which was awesome. <laughs> he took <Yeah>. work <laughs> off in the morning to watch this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, which he needed the entire. It's a half day of work. I apologize in advance. My microphone ends up turning off at this point, and then the rest of the ne- well, not rest. The next twenty minutes is me with my oh, my headset microphone. Uh, we switch back to the good mic, but I apologize for the way I sound. Let's get back to it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's half a business day. All right, that's weird. I'm just going to leave mine on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go from there. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, rolling. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, sorry, minor technical difficulty there, if there was a little pop. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a massive movie that uh, you, need, you need time to be ready to watch this thing. Like, you have to mentally prepare yourself for it. Don't drink a lot of water or coffee or anything before. Maybe plan out an intermission. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't say that because if you don't drink anything beforehand, you'll probably die of starvation while watching the movie. So you should, <laughs> you need to find the right balance. You need to find the right balance. Yeah, fair. Uh, but yeah, we were going to talk aspect ratio. Yeah, let's talk about aspect ratios. Um, because I think, you know, I learned a little bit while, while researching the aspect ratios for this movie uh, because there are a couple of there are a couple of common sort of um, uh, negative connotations that come with four three, and I'll kind of try and explain that. Um, by the way, this is just you know armchair research here. So if anybody knows any better, please feel free to reach out and tell me how wrong I actually am. But uh, so four three aspect ratio. So uh, uh, this movie is in four three. It is not sixteen by nine. So sixteen by nine is your. Think of your the, the TV that you would buy right now. That is the aspect. That is sixteen by nine. Four three is basically like an old school CRT, uh, like a or you know, sorry monitor or television from back in the day. Uh, it's more boxy, whereas sixteen by nine is 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 a is widescreen. So a common widescreen aspect ratio for many movies is one dot eight five to one. Okay, so that's um, slightly wider than sixteen by nine. So it's common standard in the U.S. for widescreen movies. It's slightly wider than 16 by 9. So you'll get some thin bars on a widescreen TV if you're watching a movie that is done 1.85 to 1. Okay. Um, Also, uh, there's also another one known as Panavision or Cinemascope. It's a popular aspect ratio for major movie releases. Historically, this aspect ratio was actually 2.35 to 1, but it switched to 2.39 to 1. And sometimes it's 2.40 to 1. It's rounded to 2.40. But let's call it 2.39 to 1. So for this one, you it's it is a widescreen format, but it is much wider than 16 by 9. So you're gonna get bigger bars at the top and the bottom of your screen. Now think about these two aspect ratios. Movies that you've streamed or you're watching on Blu-ray or whatever, you're going to get usually a mix of these two. Sometimes they have thin bars on the top and the bottom. Sometimes they have thicker bars on the top and the bottom. And some movies are actually shot directly in 16 by 9 and they fill your entire television screen. Um, So then the question is, okay, this movie comes out in 4-3. Are we actually seeing less of the picture? Okay. Um, so this is this is a, a question I sort of asked myself when I saw it because Justice League actually came out in 2017 and it was not in 4.3. It was, I believe it was 1.85 to 1. It was one of the two previous ratios right. I'd mentioned. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly which one. Yeah. Uh, but it was a widescreen format. That's how I saw it in the theater. That's how I watched it at home. So I'm like, wait, did they, did they... Uh, cut out content from that to go back to a 4-3 uh, picture. And uh, there's a bit of history here because 4-3 um, has a negative connotation associated with it from myself and probably you or anyone that grew up in our generation because when 
movies were still shooting at these widescreen aspect ratios, those two aspect ratios that I described earlier. Movies and films were shooting at that aspect ratio. When they released it on television, everyone had a boxy TV. Everyone had a television for television content, and all that television content was 4.3. When they released a movie on home video, what they did, since the screen was wider... Uh, the what was the the film was actually wider than the screen that they're on. They actually did something called pan and scan, and what they did was they took the widescreen image and they're like, we can't fit this on a four three boxy TV, so they zoomed in on the wide image so that they could fill the entire four uh, television that you had at home with an image. But the problem is you miss the sides since you've zoomed in on the image. The sides are now gone, and what they did was a manually pan and scan so if there was a detail or a character that's supposed to be in the scene that someone is talking to and he's slightly off camera slightly to the right somebody had to while making this authoring this vhs they had to be like oh that's important let me drag this zoomed image over to show this character in the corner otherwise this scene isn't going to make any sense right so pan and scan very very bad thing for and it's sort of associated with that four three box so when i see something in 4.3 i'm like what the hell because i'm just assuming that the original intention of the director was widescreen right right yeah but that is actually not the case here because our so the question is are we seeing less of the movie it's like not at all we see the top and the bottom of the picture which would normally be cut out by the horizontal black bars in fact we actually see more of in of this version of the movie than the theatrical cut picture wise uh, and uh, this is uh, that's how the movie was intended to be shot. So he had shot it in 4.3. And when they released the theatrical version in 2017, they actually cropped the image and zoomed in on it, essentially, to make it a widescreen image. Right. Um, further, yeah, that, if- further that, they basically... So what, they, what I'd read was Fabian... I think it's Fabian Wagner... Is the yeah. is the uh, cinematographer? Him and Zack Snyder spoke early about this. Now all the shots were framed, framed up at one whatever one eight five, one of the widescreen ones. So what that means is that while they were planning out the shots, they were framing everything in that widescreen ratio. So that way, when it goes to theaters, they're able to put it in that widescreen format for whatever formats that they want. Be it, let's say, not IMAX. I see. So they framed it out that way. So they had intended at some point to cut off some of the top and the bottom, but they still filmed it at 4.3. So they had all that digital information or that information on on each frame. And probably in IMAX is where they would really take advantage of that. There were interviews with Snyder, which was actually really interesting when I was reading it, where he was talking about when they were doing the IMAX for Batman versus Superman. And... He really liked seeing these characters blown up as as large yeah. as they were in the large format that IMAX can deliver on the screen that way. But one thing that kind of bugged them, I might be paraphrasing a bit at this part, but one thing that was troubling was that you'd be switching aspect ratios between the IMAX filmed scenes and the ones that weren't filmed in IMAX. So you'd go, right. you know, you'd get your black bars on the IMAX screen along the top and bottom uh, horizontally. Um, in this case, they had intended, it sounds like, to shoot to shoot it such that you had the entire film not shot in IMAX cameras because I actually that was no. something I thought they did, but that's it's no. actually very expensive. No movie's done that where they filmed everything in a, with single IMAX right. cameras. Right. Um, but what they ended up doing was they filmed everything in four three so that they could take advantage of that format. Yeah. Another really interesting thing that I'd read was that um, Zack Snyder, when he was planning this out, thought that 
the widescreen format for these comic book characters, these, these, these legendary types of characters, the, they're bigger than life, he thought that the horizontal format was actually less interesting for those characters than, say, a vertical format, because the, the characters are more vertical in how you would frame them in a shot anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not, right. unless you're getting a group, but for per person, a vertical yeah. shot is more interesting. And this lends itself better to being able to get more vertical information than horizontal. Right. So, right. I do recall, I do recall reading that. So, so just to finish this off, the IMAX piece of this puzzle yeah. is you're right. They did not shoot this in IMAX cameras, but they shot it at the IMAX ratio. Yes. So when it did get shown in an IMAX theater, they can use the ratio. Now I'm confused because I'm like, Hey, when I see, IMAX scenes in a home video, whether it's streaming or Blu-ray, 4K, whatever it happens to be, I'm watching a Christopher Nolan movie and they're like, oh, this scene was shot in IMAX. It actually fills the entire 16 by 9 frame on my television. So I'm like, oh, IMAX aspect ratio must be close, if not exactly 16 by 9 because it fills it. And I love it when it fills the entire screen. Right. So that is completely wrong. Yes. That was something I The IMAX... Yeah, the IMAX aspect ratio is actually 4.3. And IMAX movies that appear full frame on your 16 by 9 television when watching on home media are actually cropped from the IMAX 4.3 image to fit the screen. You lose some detail on the IMAX screen, but it shows as much of it as possible and is considered a, a detail compromise. Yes. To get as much information from that IMAX shoot on your 16 by 9 screen as possible without making the screen really tiny. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. you'd get, you'd actually, your screen would get smaller if you actually wanted to show the IMAX scene. So this is the interesting piece because this is an artistic choice. Yes. Right? So when, when they author these DVDs or these movies or, or, or you know, uh, sorry, for home video. Right. Switching from, can you imagine if you wanted to get the entire IMAX shot onto your 16 by 9 television, mm -hmm. technically this is what you would need to do. Let's assume that the movie is shot in one of those like common widescreen formats, like sure. 1.85 to 1, let's say. Yeah. Okay. Then you switch over. So now you have bars on the top and the bottom of your screen, right? Mm -hmm. Not too thick, but you know, they're there. And then you switch to an IMAX shot. Here's what's going to happen. Your screen is going to become a box. The bars on the top and the bottom are going to disappear. And then two bars are going to appear on the sides of your television. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and the screen becomes smaller, which is the exact opposite of the intention for the IMAX experience. Right. So they basically say, hey, there's tons of information here. There's, you know, you're not, we're not losing detail in the shot because these IMAX cameras are super expensive and capture so much detail. Right. Let's, let's try and get as much of that to fill their screen as possible. So they make this artistic choice to actually get rid of some of the IMAX detail from the shoot, meaning like, uh, you know, propping the image to make it fit 16 by nine. But technically you would be looking at a fourth. Can you imagine like watching a movie and it was constantly the bars kept Moving from the top and the bottom to the sides that, and then moving back to the top and the bottom. Like, it's just, it's bananas, it, right? It, like, that would be crazy. If I'm being honest, like, anytime I'm watching, let's say, The Dark Knight, because that's a better example. Yep. Um, it's anytime that fills the screen, it drives me nuts. And because I know inevitably it's going to go back to the smaller yeah. format and it drives, I just, yeah. I don't like that aspect ratio of switching. It, it drives yeah. me crazy. I don't want to lose information at the sides for the ones that don't fill the screen. So I get it, yeah. but it's just like having a consistent format would be so much more preferable to not. 
Uh, sure. And yeah. also one more point about IMAX. So that one, it, it it's almost four three. It's a little large. It's a little different than four three. But they also have the I think it's one dot nine format. So essentially, there's like proper IMAX where you shoot with IMAX cameras and it fills yeah. that one that you know four by yeah. three aspect ratio. But then there's also this digital IMAX where it's yeah. um, it's That's essentially right. that widescreen thing. So I, I yes. don't I'm I'm not sure who did what with what, but in this case. <laughs> In this case, the intent was to fill the screen as maximal as possible. But the thing is, not maximal. maximal. Did you say maximal? Maximal. Rhinox, maximize. <laughs> but uh, but but the thing is too is not all theaters are capable or or equipped. I should say not all not all theaters are equipped with that full sized IMAX. A, For sure, yeah. a lot of theaters only have the, the 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 digital version, which actually people I think I read call call LIMAX because it's not yeah. proper IMAX. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's an entire part of this research I did that was talking about digital IMAX. Yeah. And I didn't. I decided not to get into it here because it's just really covered. The point that's, is that's the depth I, I'm going. As as this as as this pertains to Justice League, the four three image they shot in four three. They framed, as you said, I didn't realize this, but it sounds like they framed for the, you know, the common cinema scope right. widescreen so that when it played in a theater, it still played properly. Correct. Lost detail at the top and the bottom, but it played properly, but to capitalize on the taller image for, for IMAX. So all good. It's great. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I initially was like, I thought they had cropped to get there and I, that, the, the, yeah. The, the thoughts I had when I was thinking that were just too terrible to even to to even recount here on this podcast. So there was oh yeah. sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I the, the, I was filled with rage. Um, the, yeah. My buddy who I mentioned earlier, which my mic got cut off for some reason, but I think the whole point of the thing I was trying to say was he was the one that told me that the aspect ratio was four three, and I was filled with rage. And yeah. Not that I thought that they cut it off. I just didn't understand. I couldn't fathom the decision. And that's because at the time, I didn't understand or know the the, the aspect ratio stuff we discussed just yeah. now about IMAX. We also hadn't seen the movie because when of I course, saw right. the movie, when I saw the opening frames of the movie and I was watching it, yeah. it's clear the top, there's the top and it's tall. Yes. Like yeah. It's clear the image is tall. Yes. It's clear you're, you haven't lost anything and it actually – Looks pretty good. No, no, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so it was clear agree. right when I started watching it. Um, anyway, sorry I interrupted. No, no, yeah, it, it, it's, no. it's very clear throughout the movie the, that, that this was the intended format. You can see just the way that yeah. the characters are framed, the way that they're distributed throughout the shots. It's absolutely the way that they want it. Now, yeah. um, I don't like it when things are inefficiently used, like losing a third of my possible TV space to black bars. But at the same time, I also recognize that I'd rather see a movie in the intended way that it, that it is, you know, meant to be intended. Intended, yeah, intended. <laughs> the 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 way that it was intended to be viewed. For instance, right. I wrote I wrote an article uh, or an article, a fucking blog post, we'll call it, uh, on yeah. Welcome to Your Doom Show dot com, and um, that is it was about the uh, what was it Batman Mask of the Phantasm? Oh yeah, yeah, and that's um, right, yeah, and. Um, uh, Transformers the movie. Like when I watch those, yes. I actually watch the full the the full frame one, so not the widescreen version. Because yeah, Batman the animated series or the the Mask of the Phantasm a little more interesting, but essentially they were made for that format for the most part. Um, yeah. So that's how I like to watch it because then you get everything. You're not getting stuff cropped off the the tops the the top yeah. and bottom. 
So, yeah. uh, and that, to be honest, that's after watching this, I was okay with it. It, it was just, it, yeah. was, it was jarring at first because it just seems so antiquated, but it absolutely, yeah. when you know what's going on under the hood, it isn't, it's actually pretty genius. Maybe not genius, so I, I actually, yeah, I actually did this research after I'd watched the movie. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, for this podcast, cause I wanted to be able to, but it was, like I said, it was immediately clear to me when I watched it and when I turned it on, I'm like, oh. Because you can actually see there's a there's so much information top and bottom. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I w- it was clear to me like, oh, okay, this was this was fully intentional. I'm seeing I'm seeing everything now. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm getting the bars in places I'm not really used to, yeah. I'm seeing everything. And then after watching the movie, I did the research to figure out like what you know what was going on here, and hopefully that was a reasonable explanation so our listeners could sort of understand. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm not uh, I'm not an expert. Um, but you know, I th- you know. Uh, it is the, the the intended way to watch the movie, and there's no information being lost from the theatrical version. So, um, listen, shut the fuck second, up. Yeah. Question: Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. like the movie? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, there's one quick thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about, real quick. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> the, I'll, and I'll try and keep this one short. No, yeah, the I crave. Go. There, so as, as uh, in Canada, HBO Max is not available. Right. Okay. You have to sign up for a service called Crave, and then sign and then sign up for an HBO attachment. This is not <laughs> a four K. This is not a four K stream. HBO Max in the United States and perhaps other countries do deliver a four K stream. Mm-hmm. The Crave HBO Max stream was fucking god awful. Yeah. It was very bad. It was muddy. It was highly compressed, and the sound sounded like it was coming out of a tin can at the bottom of the ocean. I hated every second of that. I quickly got over it because I knew what I was getting into when I was forced to do this. When I was forced to sign up for Crave, because it occurred to me that Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, is not a theatrical release. My assumption, and this is my fault, was that Wonder Woman 84 was made available for rent outside of HBO Max. Right. Via let's say Google Play or Amazon or where you wherever you kind of rent you do your digital renting for theatrical releases. So I bought that and that was a 4K stream. Okay. I was just assuming that this would be the case here. But it is not because it is an HBO Max exclusive and it is not a theatrical release, whereas Wonder Woman eighty four was a theatrical release. The issue I'm having, and it's it's very doomy and gloomy for this, is that I feel like we're going. And now, now this has happened before. Netflix releases they don't go they don't go to the theaters. You have to have Netflix to see them, right? Yeah. So this is this has been happening for the longest time, or Amazon or whatever. The problem is, I thought that this was a theatrical release. I thought I'd be able to get the highest quality stream for this movie, and I could not. Yeah. And I want to give these guys money. I really, really do, but I, I could, I mean, like, I ended up having to sign up for the stream, which I'm going to cancel later, and the stream was garbage, and I hated it. Um, this, the good news is that this is coming out on a physical release. Like, there will be a, a 4K Blu-ray coming out, and I will be buying the shit out of that, and I'll probably be watching it again. Yeah, of course. And we'll probably like it, like the visuals and the audio, much more. Right. Um, I got a lot more to say about this, but we got a movie to review, so we'll, we'll. Let's let's skip ahead and go. Okay, yes, I did. I did like the movie. How did you like the movie? I I loved it in that it was it was exactly what I wanted. It was Zach mm. it was Zack Snyder's movie through and through. 
It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was compromising on anything it wanted to deliver. Um, it was four hours. It didn't feel like four hours. Um, and I actually managed to convince Nisha to actually watch it with me. And it was, okay. it was awesome being able to watch a movie with her. And I thought that it wouldn't play. Like I figured after the first like half hour, she'd be like, all right, I'm done. What was kind of wonderful about this is Nisha really likes watching uh, TV shows. She can binge watch shows like none other. And the way that this movie was broken up in six parts plus the epilogue, it was like we were binge watching a show, which was dumb because we didn't really break stride. We got through the whole movie in a night. Um, So yeah, the length length is a bit of a problem, but to me it didn't feel long. So I don't know how much of a problem it is. I don't know. It's not. It, I didn't find it as a big problem for me, but the thing is, is the general moviegoer, I could see four-hour time investment is certainly a thing. So, yeah, yeah, but that, I mean, I think the I think why this is such a landmark thing. Okay, first of all, I did it did not feel like four hours to me. Yeah, I thought it breezed by. I thought the pacing on this was like perfect. Yeah, like this movie had, and it had. It would have to. It would have to be nothing less or very close to very perfectly paced. I thought. It didn't sag anywhere. It didn't feel like it had any fat on it. And it felt like it had everything. Well, I mean, it felt like it had everything that they intended mm-hmm. for it to have. Right. Which was like, I, I suppose, is the point of this of this movie. It didn't feel like four hours. Um, it felt like a long movie. Um, but in the same way, like, you know, Lord of the Rings was like almost three hours. Or like, I actually use over, like the extended cuts are over three hours or three and a half hours. Or right. Something. It felt like a long movie. But I wasn't bored, and it didn't feel like a four-hour, you know, film. I I actually um, I didn't even I, I didn't even go to the bathroom during the movie. It was uh, so I watched it with uh, with uh, Shugu as well, and she enjoyed she enjoyed it as well, and she stuck out she stuck it out for the for the whole thing. Um, this, you know, having having just you know said like this is a streaming exclusive. That's the only place that this could happen. You know, look, this isn't a like you know this you know I, we've seen some great director's cuts in the past. Like the the one that jumps to mind for me as a director's cut that was like that really changed the movie and actually made it better. I think there are a few examples of that. I think one is Kingdom of Heaven is like uh, the Ridley Scott movie. Um, you know, I sort of like the theatrical cut, but then I saw the the director's cut, which put in like 30, 35 minutes of footage, and it just it made the movie like it's one of my favorite movies. I really do enjoy that movie. Yeah. Um, this isn't a director's cut like that. No. This is. Um, it's a brand. Well, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So it's not. Yeah. So we'll get into that, yeah. I suppose. But it's like a lot of the stuff isn't brand new, but it's so recontextualized yes. to the point where you can run the same scene from the theatrical cut within the context of this. Snyder cut and it plays completely differently. Right. Um, it doesn't feel like a director's cut. It feels like a, it feels like a new movie. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of the scenes are shared, it feels like a different film. Um, a lot's a stretch. A lot is a very big stretch because uh, there's, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, the action beats are almost all yes. exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So yeah, the action, yeah. and that's pretty much where it kind of starts and ends to some degree. Some of the other scenes are a little bit, you know, you get sprinklings of it here and there, mm-hmm. but it was so lighthearted and bland in the actual theatrical release that this one, I mean, granted it, it, it certainly ramped up the melodrama and made things a lot heavier and, Oh yeah, this is uh, this is definitely uh, it's it's always interesting. This is Zack Snyder at this is basically Zack Snyder being 
as Snydery as possible yes. all the way through. Yep. This is like this is like the Hobbit or like episode, you know, the Hobbit with, you know, uh uh Peter Jackson or episode 1 George um George Miller? No, George Lucas. That's the name I was thinking of. Uh, or Batman Returns with Tim Burton. Right. Like, these guys were given these blank checks and carte blanche on these movies and it's all you no matter how it turns out, even if it's a disaster. Yeah. It's always interesting to watch. Right. Yeah. Um, and like an uncompromised an uncompromised vision. So and that's why we, you know, we get a slow motion shot of a sesame seed falling off of a bagel. Because, you know, it's fucking Zack Snyder, right? He's going to do that shit. He's going to put in, like, really off-the-wall musical cues over slow-motion shots. You know, he's going to he's gonna do that. He's, Snyder's got a Snyder, right? And uh, he's this is the, as Snyder-ish as it's going to get. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the music. The music in this movie is infinitely better than the dog shit that Danny Elfman put out for the first one. Uh, okay. okay. Let's no. talk about the score. No. Okay. Let's talk okay. about the score. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about the Go score. Ahead. No. No. I, Go ahead. I, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on the score if you don't agree with me, because objectively, Danny Elfman shit the bed on the last one. He, okay. All right. The, he he fucking reused his own theme in a completely yeah, other no, movie. Yeah. No, he did. He took. He did. from fucking uh, John Williams. John Williams. He, yes, in he my opinion, ripped off the uh, the the theme from the Flash TV show whenever yeah. the theme for the flash kicked in there's definitely sure, musical sure. beats there and he probably sure. took Hans zimmer's thing for for uh for wonder woman i can't remember if he did he, or not he okay well no it's not that he took it he's he, when when those those themes come on like if he's re, he's reusing the theme from man of steel yes. or reusing a theme from wonder Granted, woman they were that's minor, reusing that's reusing the themes because they already exist and they're yeah. gonna play right yeah, like yeah. just because you're a different composer doesn't mean you do, you have to recompose the themes the point is that they expand they span over multiple films. Sure, you heathen. You they're completely different cl- films. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? The themes for for hero for characters span multiple films all the time, dude. That's not that's not new. What they don't compose new about? themes for the same characters what over are you multiple ta- films. No no, 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 no. Hold on. Explain to me which films you're talking about. Because and what I mean is when they're in the exact same universe, as in it's a sequel or it's a prequel. This is a whole sure. new thing, and you've already got themes for these characters. That existed in the previous movies, like Superman's yeah. theme and Batman's theme from. Oh, okay, that's okay. what I mean. I see what's like. Oh, I see what's. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, Sorry, he, no. He, when you say reusing themes, I'm talking about re- he brought in Man of Steel. He brought in Wonder Woman's theme. No, no, that, that's fine. So, that's fine. I'm just so saying. So when you say Wonder Woman, okay, I think we misunderstood <laughs> yeah. each other. You were talking about like the the the, the 80s Batman theme and like the 70s yes. Superman. Yeah, yeah, theme. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I. Those see were the mean. ones yeah, I was yeah. like, and then in my opinion, stealing from the Flash theme from the. From the okay. TV show. But he also did write... Didn't he not write the Flash uh, not, theme for the 90s show? Yes, he did for the 90s show. That's not the one he used. He should have fucking oh, used okay. that one. I don't even remember okay. what that one was. I feel like okay. it was good, though. Anyway, so okay. So, I actually like the callbacks to the other to the other uh, scores uh, that Danny Elfman did. Fair um, enough. I, I do... Um, I, 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 I am being a bit facetious in that I do... Th- I, they were neat when they... They jumped in. Don't get me wrong. I did like it, but the my point stands that the the attempt just felt lazy. Like we've heard really good Danny Elfman scores before, very yeah, good ones, yeah, yeah, and this yeah. one just felt phoned in. Like nothing clicked. For sure. Nothing clicked. Yeah. Whereas this one, for the most part, clicked on every scene to the point where I've been listening to the crew at War Power, the main, I guess, one mm-hmm. of the main themes for this. 
that Junkie XL did. And it's, yeah. it's been on my head in a loop, like just the, the, the yeah. drums of it and such. The only yeah. thing from this movie, from a score perspective that's problematic, is Wonder Woman's. Oh my where god. Every, like, it's the so, first time. It's too much. Dude, the, it's too much. The first time was okay. The first time she came on and the. Ah! Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah. so. <laughs> I, I got to the point where the music came on and I thought someone on screen was was actually saying that I actually got confused because yeah. someone had their like a like I don't know maybe her mouth was open and it was slow-mo and I thought it looked like she was yeah. singing her own theme or it was someone on screen screaming or something like that I'm like oh no that's actually the score coming in again hold on a second um, hold, hold yeah. on one second um I gotta I gotta do something with my mic all right i'm rolling again uh sorry sorry folks we i just realized that my microphone it was using the wrong microphone so for the last 30 some minutes i probably sounded kind of shitty so i apologize for that hopefully now you got my buttery voice so let's uh let's keep this going um, right, so we're talking yeah. about the score. We're talking about uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder that Woman. Did, that really didn't work because it was every time she was on screen, this chanting, this chanting would come on, and I'm totally with you on that. Uh, but the score in general, it's more bombastic than Danny Elfman's. It is like way more. It feels a little more electronic, a little more. It feels like Zimmery, and it feels um, yeah. it feels more like his like Junkie XL score for Mad Max Fury Road. That's what it right. sounded like to me. It sounded like, yeah. a, a, you know, a variation of that. And that's a very good thing because that's one of the best fucking scores I think I've ever heard. Well, yeah, sorry. It's one of those movies that the score drives it so well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, they, the, yeah. The, you're absolutely right. I mean, the yeah. Mad Max score is, is it fits the visuals perfectly and it's yeah. and it. It hits hard. Um, But, you know, I, I'm, I did like this score better than the original. I just don't think it's hands. It's. It's uh, it feels a little because there's like at some points there's also like the electric there's an electric guitar, um, and it works sort of worked for me. But I think I would have loved to have something a little more orchestral at some point, which is why I do appreciate Danny Elfman's original score. But it is very invisible. Like Danny and yeah. Elfman's original score is. You're right. It's not particularly. Um, it doesn't inspired. enhance the film. It's not, yeah, it's not in, inspired in the way that Junkie XLs does actually add something to the action. It's just not, it wasn't, I would have liked to have a little more orchestration where uh, instead of like, let's say, heavy percussion or like, uh, you know, heavy guitar riffs and stuff like that. But it does, I do think it works better for this movie. I, I totally enough. agree. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um,. um. There was one thing I did notice, and I'm wondering if you noticed this as well. Whenever there was like flashing on the screen, like lens flurry stuff happening, did you notice the sides of the screen also light up as if you were watching the movie through like a box, like an actual, like a tin box? No, um, no I didn't. I noticed this, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's exclusive to the stream or whatever, but uh, it's basically like if someone were to shine a flashlight into the screen, there would be lights there would be, it's almost like the sides of the the, the screen have a reflect. They're like reflecting back inwards, as if you're watching in like a like an actual like tin box or whatever. The lights would reflect back inside. If you didn't notice it, I don't know. I'd have to dig out, uh, you know, like a. I'd have to watch it again and and find and pinpoint like a, an actual timestamp for you to to show that. But that was super friggin' annoying, and I had no idea why it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, didn't didn't ruin anything. Um. 
This movie starts with like I what I think is like the the thing I like the least about the movie. This really goofy thing about Superman screaming. I was yeah. just like, I oh. yeah. And I'm like, oh. why does this activate the mother boxes, which they really try hard to tell are not. They don't. They don't have personalities like these mother boxes. They are machines. They're like they. Yeah. They refer to them as change machines. Um, I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't get why the scream was like this sonic boom, like scream thing sets the mother boxes off. It's a weird. It was a weird choice, and I was like, I don't know. I just kind of like. I was kind of like, okay, let's just forget that that happened. The mother boxes being afraid of Superman basically is such a weird fucking thing. And here's why: is that Darkseid presumably tried to take over the Earth with the mother boxes that got left ages and yeah, ages yeah. and ages before yeah. Superman even got there. What has Darkseid been doing the whole time? Just sitting around twiddling his thumbs? You he know, doesn't come back he doesn't do a boxes? lot of sitting. I feel like that's no. a Thanos thing. Here he's st- he's standing most of the time, except. He's standing most of the time. He's a stander. I think he's I, a- I, he actually, I don't know if you noticed, but on his wrist, he had a Fitbit and he was just getting his steps <laughs> getting in. getting steps in. Yeah. Dan- Granny Goodness was to the to the right of him. Like, keep going, buddy. You're doing great. You know, he's like looking at it. They should have a line in there. He's got the Fitbit and he's like, oh, I'm killing Thanos hey, today. With the <laughs> amount of product placement in this movie, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Crushing like, Thanos well, today. He's sitting way more than he should be. That uh, lazy yeah. fucker. He, um, yeah. Very but uh, but yeah um uh yeah the scream thing was was really was really strange in general like I think that the action scenes even though they played out mostly the same they felt more meaningful because there was a lot more context to them in particular I think I'd like to call out the scene the, the decision to resurrect Superman actually yeah. felt like a weighty decision like it felt like it had some stakes to it yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's it's it's really you, uh, it's such an interesting exercise to watch something that's been edited down and then watch something that has time to breathe. And a similar scene can have a different weight to it because um, because, you know, like they really do define turning this thing on will, you know, like Steppenwolf will know where we are. Superman might not come back exactly, you know, the way we we hope he does. And they've actually set things up in the movie to tell you or to prove that point, right? Um, they're not just—it's not just lip service. It's things that they've actually—they've actually set up. Um, yeah, I'm—I—I—I I, I did like it. It's—it's it's, obviously it's not—it's not a perfect movie, and it's you know I don't I, it wasn't a it wasn't a complete like knockout for me. I do like the movie though, right. and I will watch it again. Yeah, I, I certainly will again. Um, it was, it was, it's funny. Like, I, part of it was that I enjoyed a lot of it. Part of it was that I liked the look of a lot of it. And then the other part was comparing and contrasting what had existed already mm-hmm, and looking mm-hmm. at what, what could have been. And it kind of just like, it, it was just, it was such an interesting film um, on all of those levels. Not, you know, most of it wasn't on just its own merit. It was because we had something to compare it to. And all of the types of studio meddling that you hear about and changing directors and stuff like that, which ultimately, like, they had brought in Joss Whedon to, to you know, ultimately finish the film. And it seems like he reshot 60, like, I, the numbers I've seen are like 50 to 60% of the film got reshot. And makes kind of sense when you compare the two. It feels like 50% of this of the movie that came out in 2017 was in this film. And then the rest was reshot. 
You know what I, I don't, mean? I, yeah, I don't maybe, know. I don't think I buy that number because I think that what he did. Here's here's the other thing I'll say is that this guy, like Whedon, was given this impossible task to take this monstrosity and deliver a single movie. Yeah, and to be honest, I think that's really that's really the best that anyone could have done. Like I, I, I don't, yeah. the theatrical cut of this movie is like. You work with what you got. Life hands yeah. you lemons, right? Like it's like you gotta. I I actually think it is a reasonable effort for a doomed project for like and, for something that is just not going to work. It's yeah. the it's it's the best case scenario. And I actually kind of like the theatrical cut when it came out. Ugh. You know, I I'm you know I was you know I wasn't ex- you know I, w- I wasn't happy like over the moon for it, but it was fun to see these characters on screen and like you know I'll take what I can get. You know, like watching my the one and only Justice League movie that that I've seen. Right, like I'm not. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I didn't think it was a great movie, but I also don't think Suicide Squad's a great movie. But I still enjoy watching that movie because I can compartmentalize my feelings about movies. But this yeah. is this is clearly a better movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and also, uh, the challenge with Whedon that Whedon was handed was he got all of this footage and to compress it all into two hours. It, it's just it's. I don't know. It, it just seemed like an impossible task. But the other problem with Whedon being brought in is it didn't seem like he understood the characters as they had been portrayed up until that moment. And he probably, that might not have been his fault. That might have been studio direction. Make it lighter. Make it more like the Avengers. Oh, for make sure. Make it this, make it I, that. For sure. And I'm sure there's plenty of that. Yeah, he's a, I think that, you know, I mean, I'm speculating here, but I feel like sure. he was a director for hire. He has experience yeah. in this particular genre where he's made like you know one of the highest grossing films of all time that that had a similar sort of team up mechanic they brought him in they're like here are the notes that we have it needs to be more colorful if you watch the the if you watch the like the Whedon cut or the theatrical cut it's literally the colors are saturated like it's all awful of the, uh yeah they're they're very saturated though they've yeah. got that red tint on like the final scene the final action scene in the movie and it needs to have more comedy and it needs to have this and that but then you also have like story elements that are just there's too long for a single movie right yeah yeah i i tend to you know with the theatrical cut read between the lines there are certain lines spoken by cyborg and i actually liked cyborg in the theatrical cut he doesn't have to say like i i'm not the person i i guess in my mind i can i can read between the lines and connect the dots you just need to say the right things at the right yeah. time that's all yeah. and i thought that he said enough and they showed just enough of his relationship with his father where my mind kind of sort of filled in the blanks um and i think that's the best you can do that is absolutely the best that you can do with that runtime right so mm-hmm. i think that it was it's a doomed project to from the get-go but i think it's the best it really could have come out um mm-hmm. the theatrical cut based on you know what we're seeing now um Let's talk about uh, like you know a couple of the big changes. I mean, I'd love yes. to go through the plot of this movie, but it's four hours, and no, we're and not. That's not going to happen. Let's, let's talk um, about the notes, the yeah, notable things. Yeah. So let's talk about Steppenwolf. Um, yes. He, uh, I bet he never needs a can opener. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus no? Christ! No, come on, Ninja Turtles. I yeah, of course. Yeah. Just keep going. Steppenwolf, anyway, continue. anyway, yeah. Um, I'm not. I I uh, I, I don't really like his armor design i like his face you know i like i like yes i was just i'm not crazy about the you know the horny armor he's wearing um Mm -hmm. he's just it it seems like a little it's a little too much a little over designed you know a little too transformers-y uh for me 
but I do like the fact that he seems like he's on the verge of tears like all the time. He's very <laughs> he's very doe-eyed, which I which is an interesting approach because it makes him it makes him feel like very sort of human. Like it it Right. Um and I, I do like the relationship with Darkseid. Well, but maybe I missed this. Do they actually ever get into what he did exactly that got him sort of um uh exiled i don't think so they, um, they kind of allude to him something. like maybe killing someone or uh betraying dark side in some in some way and I, I i thought maybe i missed like a line of dialogue or something but it sounds like they don't really get into the details he's just not in dark side's good graces and he mm-hmm. wants to get back in there um desperately desperately is that what you said desperately dude yeah yeah he and, and, and i'll be honest like of if i had to pick out probably one improvement that this film made over its predecessor is steppenwolf through yeah. and through yeah i like the armor one thing that i thought was very interesting was that the armor seemed to react to his emotions and his and it wasn't like it wasn't conscious what he was doing with the armor i don't know if you noticed there were some times where he was like scowling and the armor would come down on his face yeah, yeah. very subtle like very subtle movements when dark side shows up on the for the first time in the film really um as as dark side not what is it Uxus? Uxaxis? Yeah. Axis, what, young, young dark side young dark side young, young side young side um we uh we see his armor just melt away because he just seems frightened and yeah yeah you know what it, i mean like, like comes down to his shoulders or whatever comes right? down to yeah. his chest like it goes yeah. down to his shoulders and then it keeps going down yeah so then we almost saw we almost saw steppenwolf dong is what Steppen, you're saying steppen's wolf <laughs> and uh yeah it was and then when he would he would get like really pissed off his armor would flare up like it yeah. was really neat um also was the i'm going to call it starro was Star Wars? Oh part man, of his armor? that was a cool little call out. Like it was. I yeah. I thought I was like I immediately said Starro. I'm like, are they That's doing Starro here? And but yeah. like it's no. But it is. It is. Yeah, I thought the it, exact. It's same a callback. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's. It was explicitly Starro, but it was a nice little callback. Yeah, and, um, and for anyone anyways, for anyone's listening, Starro the Conqueror is a star that attaches itself to your face and actually right. like controls your mind and it looks a lot like the sort of the machinery the apocalypse tech that little spider that yeah. curls onto people's faces and and jabs into your brain and sort of holographically projects your thoughts and yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, he yeah. examines that one Atlantean and uh, and a few other people when he was looking for the mother boxes right so um what was the point i was going to make i lost track oh steppenwolf in general just he now has character motivation. He looks much more menacing than he did in the previous film. Like in the other one, he almost looked kind of feeble, you know, when you like kind of do the side by side comparison, he just yeah. kind of look a yeah. little more frail. I mean, granted he's giant, but in this one, he was filled out. He was yeah, thick. Yeah. He had a menacing looking face when he wasn't trying to cry or looking like he's about to cry. Like <laughs> he, he just looked <laughs> like he was like... always, anytime he was looking for approval from somebody, he just looked like he was on the verge of tears. But yeah. then outside of that, he was pissed and it looked good he looked like a sad puppy like his eyes like they were just filled <laughs> to the brim with any point he would start yeah. crying um yeah yeah, yeah. But, uh, but but yeah i mostly they, agree with you I, it's not that the it's not that the armor rubbed me the wrong way or anything it was more of like i i, I feel like they could have been a little more imaginative with you know, with what was going on there but you're right it does they it does have a practical use too and you see him use it a few times I al- I've always, even in the theatrical cut, I've always liked the Themyscira fight scene uh, mm. when he when they're playing sort of keep away with the 
with the box, and he does use his armor there, where he's getting filled up like a pincushion, and then it kind of like flares up and knocks all the uh, the arrows out of out of his armor when the when the armor flares up. So it does have like some practical uses, and it's pretty cool. I like uh, it's a different voice, right? It's not Kieran. It's not Kieran Hines. No, no, it's, same guy. Is it yeah. Kieran Hines still? Yeah, playing Steppenwolf. Yeah, why he sounds yeah, yeah. Di- he sounds different. They they did a little bit more uh, work on his audio, I guess you could say. Okay, yeah, because uh, I do prefer his voice sounding a little more human in the theatrical cut. I like Kieran Hines' voice, yeah, um, and I think that may have played a little bit better. There was a lot of voice processing here, a lot of deep, dulcet tones because yes. uh, you know between him, Desad, and Darkseid, they're just having like a like a deep voice off. Uh, that actually reminds me. I wanted to see who voiced Desaad because the voice sounds really familiar. I actually quite liked Desaad's brief characterization in this movie. I liked his voice. Um, and uh, yeah, so so yeah, Steppenwolf. Uh, and, and it turns out that Steppenwolf's <laughs> horns are actually a part of his body. <laughs> Which you know what I mean, like, uh, oh, yeah. like I, I think in the theatrical cut, it's not clear. He's like, it's because he's sort of wearing a head, basically like a helmet. Mm-hmm. But it's clear in this movie that the, the the horns are actually a part of his body, which I thought was uh, was interesting. Um, Peter Guinness voiced him. I do not know. Who did you say was. Alec Guinness? No, Peter Guinness. His, oh, uh, his brother. Oh. Um, it's not anyway. His I don't fucking know. Yeah. So, anything else about Steppenwolf? Uh no no I it's just they made him they made him a villain that that is worthy of a Justice League film they made him somewhat like you could kind of sympathize with him at certain certain times like it was just such an it was it was interesting it wasn't just this kind of run of the mill bad guy that just wants to destroy the earth he yeah he needed to destroy the earth and he needed to use the mother um, the mother boxes to do it yeah it's very much the same plot but it's not as I don't know. Mother is calling. Like fuck off. Uh, I'll off. be they're, honest with you. Fox. I do like. I did like the weirdness of that in the theatrical because they don't explain anything in the theatrical cut. They don't really tell you a lot about the mother boxes or anything. So when he just goes, mother, I'm always like, that's so fucking weird. I really like the fact that he's just saying just weird mother? things that are. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like, what's his relationship with his box? Like, did this box breastfeed him when he was growing up? Like, what's going on? Right? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird enough that I'm like, I kind of want to know more. In this movie, they tell you more about the mother boxes. They tell you about the unity and they tell you about these kind of like, uh, oh, well, uh, this sort of leads to the one thing that I thought was worth the price of admission entirely, which is this flashback sequence yes. to this basically Mountain Doom Lord of the Rings thing. And man, I just really liked this scene. I really liked it because this is the scene I wanted to see yeah. in the theatrical cut, and the theatrical cut doesn't really show you a lot. This one, it's extended. It shows the old gods all fighting. It shows, I think it's Artemis. I think it's yeah. Artemis, right? Artemis, Artemis uh, Zeus, and... Oh, and my my boy, Ares, shows yeah. up again. Oh, I was so happy to see him in this movie. I actually yeah. saw his credit uh, come up, and why can't I think of his name now? Jeez, I'm just drawing a massive blank. It's like a two. Th- there's a th in his name or something like that, isn't it? 
Oh man, I feel so bad for. What, not was it the guy from Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy, and he's in so many things, and I always enjoy seeing him. Yeah, he's in uh, in movies, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. I feel yeah, really go bad. for it. Hang on, a second. But I agree. Like that scene, uh, the scene expanded ah. on uh, on everything that yeah. was in the theater. Like that, and that was the scene that I really wanted to see. I was hoping for actually a little more lantern in it. That would have been a little more entertaining. Yeah, and, but you did get gets, more. You did get. You did more, get right? a little bit more. Yes, you yeah, did yeah, get you a little bit more. Uh, David Thewlis. Uh, that's that's what it was. Because uh, you know, this is the kind of guy that you don't picture as being, you know, an old god or Ares, and with that mustache in uh, in Wonder Woman. I just, I really loved. It's an inspired casting because it's like yes. it's the complete opposite of what you would think, you know. Right. And he shows up in this movie, puts his helmet on, and I'm like, finally, because because you know, Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman eighty four, and especially Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. 1984. They really go out of their. We didn't do a review on the show, but they. One of the things I felt about that movie was that they really go out of their way, or the Patty Jenkins is, goes out of the way to not show the gods. This is not. These are not the movies that she's making. She's not. They're not about this sort of mythological aspect. She's right. using the gods as the mythological and the magic to forward a different style of story. Right. Um, yeah. But man, Zack Snyder just puts both feet right in it, and we yeah. get to see, you know, uh, you know, Zeus doing doing his Raiden thing, and we get to see Artemis shoot shoot the arrow like a single arrow that blows an entire ship up, which is, you know, whatever ridiculous, but it was awesome. Um, yeah. uh, I'm saying it's ridiculous, as if like you know this stuff happens every day, and don't they know that one arrow can blow up a ship from Apocalypse? That's it's dumb. It's a dumb thing to say, but. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm like, why didn't she just shoot three arrows and shoot? All the-? Anyway, no, that's that's the dumb nerd in me coming out. But but uh, sorry, coming back to uh, Ares, I lost my shit when it's Ares that jumps up and yeah. fucking mangles Darkseid, yeah. mangles him, and yeah. I'm like, hell yes, you go, Thulis, you show him what you're made of, buddy. That shit was awesome. You know, I was so happy to see that. Um, I, because you know, I the the, the, the uh, sorry the, the blood and the gore. So that's another thing about this movie has been uh, uh, upped a little bit. Is that there's there's blood in it. It's rated R. Um, I loved seeing that you know like the the moment that Darkseid was pushed back, seeing all of like the actual allies come together, them explaining that there is like there's men. Uh, like so, so there's humans, there's old gods, there's Atlanteans. Seeing them come, I love seeing the Atlanteans again. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, I love the Themyscira stuff. I love seeing more of the Atlanteans in this movie. Yep. They come out with the trident, like they just showed so much more of that. All of the different cultures. I'm all, I'm a sucker for that. I'm a sucker for seeing the different armor types and the different races and all coming together. But even in the, under the humans, you see like a bunch of different. Um, you know, races of humans, right? You see, yes. like, they're like, I guess they're, they're like Mongols, and there's like, there's, um, there's like Vikings, or some yeah. stuff, there's like Europeans, there's like, you know, they're from all over the world, in different armies fighting, and it was just, you know, it was, it was worth the price admission. At that moment when Ares, you know, um, when Ares, ch- give, you know, chops Darkseid in the shoulder, I was like, this, this, can we just can we just do flashback the movie? Like, cause I'd love to see two hours of this shit. <laughs> That'd yeah. be awesome. Just Zeus, um, his abs versus Darkseid's head. Yeah, but you know, 
David Thewlis isn't Jack, so they just put his face on somebody else's body. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. David Thewlis is not uh, is not exactly in in like the prime of physical peak condition. Um, not with that attitude. <laughs> anyway, so how did you how did you feel about the scene? There's a, there's a couple of Easter eggs in here, but yeah, there's the, anyway. How did what I talked a lot Easter about eggs? the scene? But go ahead. What were the Easter eggs? Well, you know, you've got the Green Lantern thing, and you notice in this one when he so he kills the Green Lantern. Look, because I think in the theatrical cut, yeah, he, the Green Lantern is in there. You don't really get to see a lot of him, but he dies. Steppenwolf kills him, I think, yeah, stabs him in the chest or something. Yes. and the ring flies away. Um, in this one, they had a really cool moment where the where, first of all he chops his arm off, and you get to see the Green Lantern up close. Yeah, here, which I feel yes. like you didn't. Get you to see in the theatrical really. version, you kind, right? You kind of did if you probably went frame by frame, but it wasn't it wasn't like a tight shot like they gave you here. Yeah, like they really got, get to they see got him. More detail. Yeah, and I was hoping to like see someone I recognize, but it's just a which which is fine. It's like it's like another Green Lantern. Yeah. Um looked cool and and did and does the um the badge. Yeah, does the yes. badge projection that they that that they that they started doing with the Green Lantern Rebirth? Yes, um, yeah. which I, I thought was that. really cool. And when he chops his he chops his hand Bring off hand off. And the and the ring flies off, and the ring kind of flies over and stops for a moment before it's going to shoot up. And Darkseid goes to grab it, and I thought that was a really interesting. It's a small moment, but I was like, you know, the inner geek in me. I'm like, oh, this is so fucking cool. I love it. I love it. Give me more. Give me more. And it's you know, ultimately the flashback is too short. Like I said, yeah. flashback the movie. I think that yeah. would be amazing. I'd be into that. See some of the old gods and stuff. Um, yeah, no, the flashback scene was, was appropriately extended. It didn't, it never went on too long. Like it, it, it left me wanting more. So I think yeah. we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um, some of the other things that they added to the film that were the reshoots and this kind of skips to the very end of the film was mm. the nightmare scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what were your thoughts on that? My, one of, one of the things that I like, I like the idea of it. Um, I, I like that whole nightmare universe. I'll say that right away because mm. the, that the, that scene in Batman versus Superman was just so cool. Like I yeah. just I, I enjoyed the fuck out of it visually. Yeah. Um, the, the fight. Anyways, long story short, I like it. Um, but the dialogue that you get between the Joker and Batman, it's funny. Like coming out of it, I had to rewatch it a second time because a lot of it was just so mumbly and. For some reason, they filmed Leto so out of focus on a lot of the shots, and I guess that's probably to give the audience a little bit more of like an un uh, what's it called like a like an uneasy feeling about him, because if you're just seeing something that you know is there but it's obscured in some way, it just gives you kind of a very unnerving feeling, like you sure. don't know what's going to happen. Um, and they they played with that here, but for some reason, because I couldn't see him visually, I actually had harder time hearing him. It, I don't know why, but it actually fucked sure. with my my head. All right, ankle. all right, and then, yeah. And then uh, Batman was also just very grumbly too. Like we had to play back there. There was a moment where he said something about Harley Quinn. Yeah, we didn't know who he who whose name he dropped. We didn't. Oh, we, we had to play it back two or three times because we were just yeah. like, "What did he say?" Huh? So I feel like they. It was a neat scene to throw in, but ultimately, like, completely not needed, especially with the knowledge that it's probably this movie's probably not getting any type of sequel. That you're throwing in more of this stuff for really no reason. I guess uh, what I had read was that he just really liked those characters and wanted to be able to play with yeah. them one last time. And I get that; that makes yeah. sense. It's just uh, I feel like they could have done a little bit more work on the audio side. Yeah. No. I. I. 
I that's exactly why that scene is there. And coming back to a comment I made earlier, this is Zack Snyder carte blanche. You've got one last chance to do this, whether it makes sense or not. Throw this shit in there because you're n- you're not going to get to continue the story. And that's why this could never happen or never exist without the streaming platform. Yeah, yeah like it could sense. never. That's why this is such a landmark thing. I think that Zack Snyder's Justice League is a real landmark experiment of of a release. And um, this is a perfect example of that. This this nightmare scene, because they're like, oh, people could just have dreams. Let's just show. Let's just shove this sh- this shit in there. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just it doesn't have to make sense. At the end, you just have Bruce Wayne waking up. You know, like you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. And he yeah. did. He did exactly that. I also think that the they're all shot really tight there. Yeah. Um. Because I think they just filmed this thing in like his backyard or something like that, like that the, that explicit reshoot. I don't know if they had like a like a huge set or anything like that. Um, I think they maybe just had to get away with you know some tighter, uh, tighter close ups. Um, yeah, that conversation was was fine. I think I think it was hundred percent. This sequence was not needed at all. Um, yeah. But again, it's just like you know he's just trying to get it in while he can, and uh, I, I'm kind of like I sort of understand that. Uh, it's way out of place, but um, yeah. Speaking out of place, Mara's British. I I <laughs> what, dude? Her accent did it not change at least a couple times? And then there's Aquaman the movie. Like, yeah, it was so it was funny. Just, there was could, so much. Uh... Yeah, that was that was really funny. That like she starts talking, and uh, uh, you know, coming back to sort of like these other characters, like Aquaman. You know, he does have a little bit more, like, they give him a little bit more. I feel like he's the one that's the least affected by this cut, to be honest. Yes, like, it, yeah. they gave him a little bit more motivation, um, and uh, they give him they give him a theme song as sun, sung by Icelandic women for really <laughs> inexplicable reasons. I was that like, was what the, the hell is going on? Um, yeah. And she, like, like, smells his sweater. How long yeah, yeah. I, it was so awful. I didn't like that at all. It was just wrong. It was just. It felt I'm sure, so out of place. I'm sure if maybe if it was translated, it would be relevant in some way. I thought so. What I thought was going to happen in that scene was that she's singing, and a bunch of fish were going to because like they're he's feeding them right like by driving fish to their bay or whatever. Like, um, so I thought maybe a bunch of fish would be come swimming towards the bay. And basically, and she pays him in song. Well, no, she's I don't know, like it's some <laughs> sort of like uh, you know, like she's I don't know, she's just pay- yeah, fuck you, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. Uh, can you explain you know that? Can you explain that? Singing. No, I can't explain that. <laughs> oh, um, God. But yeah, I feel like he's the least affected by this cut. He uh, yeah. he doesn't really add anything here, and I was a little disappointed. I wanted, you know. My two favorite characters on the Justice League, Aquaman, and we're going to get into Martian Manhunter. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, but Aquaman, I wanted to see a little bit more. and uh, But we do get to see more Atlanteans, which I thought was cool. We get to see more of the, again, it's the armor, it's the culture. I love seeing yeah. that. And uh, we get they, they didn't figure out the underwater talking thing just yet when they were shooting that. Um, so they're always talking in the air bubbles and stuff. Uh, so I, I just find this fascinating, you know, like I find this whole situation fascinating, her accent, how different, you know, like the armor, even like a lot of the armor looks different, you know, Yeah. Uh, talking like it's, it's clear, like this stuff was shot before, 
Aquaman was even in conceptually like James Wan got involved, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's all super interesting. The fight between, uh, so we talked about the Themyscira fight. I feel like the, the particulars of that fight didn't change very much. They did add a little bit more, I think at the beginning with the, uh, with at least there's there's one Amazon that like jumps over him and gets on top of him, starts stabbing him in the head or whatever, and I'm not sure if that's in the theatrical cut or not. Um, but there's some really dodgy horse riding CGI in that scene. It's really bad. Some of it's like really really awful. Yeah. Um, I there was more to the Atlantean one with Mera because she fights him. Yeah. Explicitly. Yes. Which I, again, I haven't seen the theatrical cut in a little while and I haven't seen any of the one on one comparisons, but she doesn't fight him explicitly in the theatrical cut, does she? Not to my knowledge. And I can't especially remember. If she not, does. not to the extent in this one where she tries to extract any and all oh, liquid from him. Yeah. I was like, that is sick. I that love is, it. Yeah, that was cool. Like, she starts yeah. pulling the water out of him. Yeah. Um, and, like, it starts turning red, too. So she starts pulling blood out of him. So that, yeah. that was. That was pretty neat. Um, even the scene with him interrogating the Atlantean soldier, when they come out of the water and he's dragging the... I'm like, this is cool. Like, this is... I want to see more of that. You know, yeah. like, I thought that was super cool. Like, the way they just come out of the water, he's just dragging this, like, Atlantean soldier. And, um, yeah, I thought that was cool. So, Aquaman, least changed. Uh, let's talk about some of the other characters. Uh, we could talk about Cyborg, because I feel like he's the one that's had the most meat attached to his story Absolutely. and I, mean, I really did i really did like it it was yeah i did good. too yeah. i'll be honest like this this was and we talked about this a while ago uh, in that to deliver a movie with this many characters and this many new characters it would have been more, probably more advisable to break it up into individual character movies to lead you into this and then have a, the opportunity to flesh things out in a reasonable runtime now obviously in order to the character that got the most fleshing out no pun intended was Cyborg <laughs> and the that's good right thanks uh, um but the, the amount of time that they spend on Cyborg in this film is probably a good 40 minutes at least maybe yeah. more i don't know some good stuff and, but it was all good there. stuff and that's the thing yeah. is it, it makes me want want to have seen a cyborg film which could have not only introduced silas it could have introduced uh cyborg obviously but i don't know who you play as the villain in that film but it's a very very easy way to digestibly introduce the concept of mother boxes and apocalypse to the universe and then wrap it up in a reasonable runtime and then you can go into a justice league film and introduce maybe another character in the, into that. Right. But instead, you've got this four-hour monolith because they didn't do that and yeah. weren't able to put together an interesting cyborg film on its own. So now yeah. you've got a mini film in this about cyborg. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I think if they brought it, broke it up a little bit differently, they probably wouldn't have made this as hard of an endeavor on themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with you. Also... Nobody has to actually watch this four hours all at once. Because it's no, on a streaming no. service, you can break this up any way you want. So anybody yes, complaining yeah, on the actual runtime, it's like, you know, you can just leave. It remembers where you are. You never actually have to sit down and do it. I wanted to sit down and watch it all the way through, but that was an explicit decision. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, a quick comment on, on Joe Mor- uh, Morton, Morton, uh, Morton, who plays uh, Silas. Silas, yeah. Uh, his father. Basically, this actor is just, um, he's, I feel like he's just, you know, like uh, typecast as like a doomed scientist. 
Whenever I see his face, <laughs> whenever I see his face, I just think of Miles Dyson. And I'm just like, uh, I, when I when I saw he was cast in Justice League, I'm like, oh, he's going to be the scientist guy who's dying, <laughs> like who finds the technology that nobody knows anything about, does some experiments on it, finds out it's very dangerous, and ends up being responsible for setting in motion, trying to destroy it, and ends up dying in the process. I'm like, this is basically he's basically playing Miles Dyson. Yep, you that's know, his move. Um, and I actually really like uh, uh, the, the the guy who plays Cyborg. Now I've forgotten his name. Ray Fisher. Uh, Ray Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, I, I, I actually liked again. I liked his performance in the theatrical cut. Um, I like. I like that he's not. He is so downplayed. Yeah. He's so downplayed and so quiet and so soft spoken. Um, and I that's a really interesting choice, and yeah. it really resonates with me. Like I really like. He's never over the top. He's never acting out in a way that seems makes him look petulant. Um, it, is he? he uh, it's the way he delivers his lines. It's all very downplayed, very soft spoken, very straight to the point. Um, and uh, yeah, and, I, and there was just more of that in this movie, and I really, I really did like it. I actually especially like how they kind of visualize his connectivity. He gets this scene where his father is explaining to him. Via, via like tape recorder tape, which I found really odd. Um, I'm like, who who has one of those right now? Especially, you know, Miles Dyson, who's like on the bleeding edge of dangerous futuristic technology all the time. Yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't know who has it, but I know who makes it. Sony, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they put that fucking product in frame a few times. Yeah. Like, Look at our they're tape like, recorder. They're make sure that that's in the four three frame and the sixteen by nine frame. Sony's got to be right in there. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So he goes into like this sort of cyber world thing and they do this cool thing where they visualize it. They actually visualize it with stacks of money and he like interacts with things. It's kind it's cheesy, but it's it's kind of fun to look at. Um, and I kind of reasoned it's like his human brain rationalizing the cyber like this world, you know, and he yeah. has this scene where he gives a woman like, uh, you know, who, who sees their entire sort of hardship and, and ends up giving her money. I did like that. There's a lot of hardship, man. That shit made me teary-eyed. I'm not even lying. Like what? Like, like what she was facing with the kids? Yeah, and like, yeah the, with yeah, the, the kids. When she got the eviction notice and started breaking down, I oh, was in the literally hallway. on the verge of tears. I was yeah. like, this is too much. Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's just walking down the street in the rain after like giving her $100,000. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, are they going to address the fact that there's like a half man, half machine just walking down the street and there's two pedestrians coming and I'm like, oh, are they just going to cut to another scene now? But they actually show the pedestrians reacting to him and then he's like, oh yeah, okay. And he puts his hoodie on that. after that. <laughs> I thought that was really oh, funny. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was well done. I really like that, uh, the whole digital concept and the way that they... Uh, the bank stuff especially was really neat. Oh, yeah. And then they had the bear and the bull yes, yeah, fighting sure. in that scene. And I was like, oh, this is all really creative. It's, yes. it's, it's, um, I really did respond to that. I like that creativity. That was Agreed. cool. So that's anything else about Cyborg that you wanted to chat about? Um, no, specifically, no. no. Right. One person that got a lot more, I think it felt like he got more screen time and is much needed is Jeremy Irons as yeah. Alfred. Because, yeah, yeah. dude. His dry wit and his dry humor and just the way that he delivers his lines, I could listen to him talk all day. Just him and Bruce 
sitting on a plane together talking some shit. I could yeah. get through. They could give me two hours of that. It would have been great. I think Jeremy Jeremy Irons is just a fantastic actor, and he's got yeah. a great voice. I just yes. I, I could listen to that guy talk. I, I so is, if there are any audiobooks re, you know read by Jeremy Irons, I should I should find out, and uh, because he's got he's got the he's got the voice. Um, yeah, and I thought he was he, you know he added a certain amount of um, like a foil to to Batman's sort of inner thoughts, like being yeah. able to vocalize some of that. Um, Wonder Woman, I uh, didn't feel like she, again, I don't feel like she, cha- maybe I'm just not remembering, uh, maybe, she, uh, but I don't feel like she changed all that much, but I love, I do like the fact that when the Themyscirans alert her, they, they go out and they explain that this arrow is Artemis's arrow, which is why it can fly yeah. over an entire ocean and, um, you know why it can do what it does, and she finds this like inner cave thing at the bottom where she learns the story of Darkseid, which I thought was I was like, eh. I wish she just kind of knew that already. Yeah. Rather than having to discover it, I thought that was kind of unnecessary. But. I I agree. That was one of the scenes where I was just like, this is dragging on. Is it, like I I thought that what was going to happen was they were going to go through the murals and that would transition into the flashback instead of yeah yeah her telling Bruce about it. So I was like, why did we just go through all this? We wanted to spend. 15 minutes of her picking up an arrow going down finding a secret room and looking at a bunch of paintings and just having a shocked expression on her face yeah yeah it, just, it was a little it, it was a little bit strange yeah yeah I, I i i that was something that was gladfully gladly cut from the film i would imagine her her intro scene interestingly enough like it's actually mostly the same yeah um except she's sped up to like snyder speed yes Did you notice that like she yes. like she's moving like uh like man of steel um, like uh, like like the Superman and like Zod and all yeah. of the Kryptonians move in Man of Steel. I thought that was an interesting choice. It looked a little weird because I was really not expecting it. I'm like, oh, this scene is playing out mostly like it did in the theatrical cut, and then she starts whipping around real real quick. And I yeah. thought that was a that was an interesting choice. Um, yeah, and because I one you know, uh, the 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 over <sighs> unnecessary bracelet strike. <laughs> Yeah, God damn it. She killed every she should have killed everybody. Like it just to me it blows my mind that it's like, oh, it blew out the entire front of the building with fire. It wasn't like it was a dull explosion. It felt like there was a big fucking explosion and everybody behind her just fine. Like Well, I mean she nearly killed all the police officers in the front with all the rubble. Right? I didn't think about them. Yeah, that was again, Snyder's going to Snyder, right? He's just going he's just doing it cuz this, this is Snyder all over the frame on that yeah, one. That was yeah. a little that was too much. That I mean, was... like that guy doesn't even exist anymore. He's just vaporized. Yeah, all that yeah. was left was his apparently indestructible hat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. His hat flows. His hat flows. It's wistfully yeah. down onto the yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, anyway. he's just vaporized into dust. Um, here's a weird thing that I think about whenever I watch this movie is like, why does why why do the Themyscirans and the Atlanteans always make weapons that are more for crowd control? Like, what's the deal with that? Like, why are they, you know, they're hitting the ground and these bubbles are going out and they just kind of like, you know, it's spread out. They they don't do any like they don't do any like you know like direct attack, you know weapons like all of like the bracelet the you know the bracelet thing is kind of like this wave the trident strike that the atlantean king does is kind of again this wave i'm just thinking now i'm thinking about like my video game hat on i'm like guys look you're fighting one dude 
can we stop with the crowd control tactics, right? Because, you know, obviously the damage is spread over more area. Why don't we, uh, let's let's try and focus some of these attacks. I don't know, it's just the weird gaming side of my brain. Yeah. Thinking about, like, watching them do this stuff. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? There's one dude. Why are you doing the bubble move? Like, yeah, there's something that has way more power to it. Come on, yeah, let's deal with cool. that. Anyway, it's uh, a really dumb thing funny. to think about while watching this. What I thought was, it was worth mentioning because, because uh, again, the bracelet she used it on one guy basically vaporized him, but also yeah. like totaled this the entire side of a building. So it's like, hey, you know, if you had something a little more focused, you might be able to, you might be able to, you know, not have so much collateral damage. Yeah, but uh, one thing you might have been happy about was there. It felt like there was a lot less Batman in this than any of the other films. Like he seemed uh, to have a little bit more of a reduced role. He just kind of skulk, especially during the action scenes. He seemed to just kind of skulk in the background a whole bunch. Well, I mean, granted, yes, unless he, you know, like it was either that or he was like playing Call of Duty. Like at the end of this, at the no, not sorry. What I meant to say was like at the end of this movie, he just grabs a rifle, and now he's full on like just shooting, you know, people. like he's just shooting people. They're Didn't like, you have a no think rule? he loses guns. <laughs> Zack Snyder's like the end of this movie, he's gonna use an assault, an alien assault rifle for fucking twenty minutes. Okay, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm not cheating on my rule. It's an alien gun. It doesn't count. All right, <laughs> fair enough, Batman. En- energy blasts are always less lethal than bullets. They're all, it's always the case, you know? Oh, God. Um, But yeah, there is a bit, there is a bit less, uh, less Batman in this. Well, I don't know if there's less Batman. I think it's the same amount of Batman. It's just, there's more movie. Yeah. Maybe that's a good point. Yeah. Um, One, Um, one person who also gets screen time in this that wasn't in the other one is Martian Manhunter, who it sounds like you were happy to see because I wasn't. I, I, I wanted to see him. And again, yeah. I'm, you know, like with this movie, it's pure Snyder, Snyder, Snyder vision. So it's like, if you just want to drop him in at some point, I, I don't, and they do do that, right? At the yep. end of the movie, he just kind of shows up. Uh, and if that was it, that'd be cool. But the way they introduce him in this movie actually like reverses an emotional moment, which doesn't, it doesn't. I don't understand why they took this approach. It's when Martha goes to talk to Lois, and they have this, and he, she kind of like tells her to start living again. Yeah, get out there, go back to work, like you know, uh, push forward, move on. And he comes out, and her eyes glow red, and I nearly shat a brick. Like when I was watching this, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then he changes into the Martian Manhunter, and I'm just like, "Um, I'm happy to see you, right? <laughs> like I'm happy to see you." Yeah, John. but this isn't the way I wanted to see you. So, so, so I'm like, I kind of figured to myself, I'm like, so that wasn't Martha. So she's actually not in. She's is she not? She's not in this movie at all, at all she, until yeah. until Superman comes back. That's it, right? You see her at the beginning, I too, where she's like packing up shit or packing house up, or something. yeah. But yeah, um, it just seems. I, I, the thing is, though, right? Is is. I had the same reaction at first. I had the whoa factor because I was like, whoa, I didn't see yeah. that coming. But but also Lennox, the character Lennox from, you know, Man of Steel yeah, and yeah. Uh, Batman vs. Superman. In the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman, he and Lois had more interactions, more dealings. They were almost yeah. somewhat friendly. So once I kind of pieced that back together, I was like, I could see that message coming from him as well. Right. It does. It does undercut the the motherly daughter in law type of relationship that was yeah. being played out there. So yeah, I get that. 
But it also, like, it didn't need to be Martian. They didn't need to do that. No, all. no. I at thought all. it was an effective moment that should have, it yes. should have been yeah, Martha yeah, Kent's yeah. moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you I know what? Know. I, I, I'm trying to justify it. They're re- it. It's better without that. And the thing yeah. is, is the Martian Manhunter design, though, kind of good. Yeah. Um, the animation was terrible. Like, it was just, uh, maybe not terrible might be a strong word, but it just didn't look clean. It didn't look mm-hmm. finished. It looked like something that was half-baked. You yeah. know what I mean? It just didn't look right. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think that the CG in this movie isn't up to to par on, in some scenarios, and I think this is this is one of them. And again, I, I'm of that mindset where I'm like, give me more, just give me more. I want to see more. You know, and even if it's a little half baked, like the nightmare sequence at the end, it's kind of like I'm like, oh, I just kind of want to see what you had in mind. You know, it's the great experiment. You know, there's a lot of leeway given. Yeah. Um, but I'd love is, to it, know. I'd kill to know. What the fuck Martian Manhunter was doing, just kicking back while Zod invaded in Man of Steel and, you know, you know, uh, Doomsday happened. Lennox is just, like, in his chair with his hands behind his head. He's like, yeah, they can handle this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's... what the fuck? Why does it have to be Lennox? That's what, uh, that also kind of irked me. I'm like, it doesn't have to be, like, the, the, the endearing part of Martian Manhunter, in my opinion, is the identities that he chooses to take when he comes to Earth. You know, he, him being a general makes no sense. Like, right. it doesn't because he's, as a general, he is aware of many of the things going on that he can step in and do things about. And he, in in this series of films, he does nothing about. Um, be, I love the fact that in, in 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 like his origin story, he becomes private detective. Or is yeah. sorry, he's a private de- or he's a detective. He's not a detective. private detective. I don't uh, think he's private. No. Yeah, he he's a, he actually works on the police force because he wants to culturally wants to acclimate to his surroundings and also wants to do some good at the same time but that's right. that's a lot to take on all at once right yeah. and maybe you can assume that he is far enough in his sort of anthropological study of humans that he becomes this general or whatever but the fact that he just sat there and did nothing doesn't make any sense you know no, like no, he I was agree. you know just retconning him as martian manhunter feels really 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 lazy yeah i i don't um, disagree it sounded like that was an intent but I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought I'd read somewhere where it was something that they were planning on doing, and I think they had storyboards for it. But at the same time, like, I if you're going to include stuff that you wanted to do, make sure it's good. Like, the nightmare scene, though out of place, was still interesting. This yeah. wasn't. You got kind of a really bland, generic conversation where he basically says to Bruce Wayne, like, if you need me, I'll be around, and then flies off into the distance. It just, it didn't. It didn't play well at all. And then the other thing that irked me about that scene is Ben Affleck looked notably skinnier than he did in the rest of the film. So yeah, all of a yeah. sudden, it was just so so jarring that I looked at him like, what the fuck happened to Batman? Yeah. How long has somebody, it been since? Uh, yeah, so somebody just, poked a hole in him and deflated him. Yeah, um, exactly. So it just to me, it was like, I, I get maybe he had some obligation to... Uh, that I, I don't know the actor's name, but maybe he had an obligation to that actor where he wa- he really wanted to do something solid for him. But I, to me, this wasn't it. This just wasn't it. Yeah, it just yeah. Character wise, it doesn't make any sense from from a character design perspective and even a CG perspective. I would have been comfortable seeing that on Supergirl or maybe not Smallville. That's a little older, but like the Martian Manhunter we've seen on Smallville, I or sorry uh, on Supergirl, I would put over this one. 
Really? It's the, it's the slightly newer yeah. design, uh, kind of the full body suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little less fucking lines on his face. So yeah, it, I, I don't that, know. That, that's the... Okay, I was trying to figure out what I didn't like about his look, and it's the lines on his yeah. face. He seems to have... It seems like an over-design, where I feel yes. like... I feel like he's always been the character that had... You know, he was the smoothest leaguer, if you if that makes any sense. Like yeah, he's buttery. His smooth. face, he's yeah, you know, he's day. like he's bald, he's like he's got no eyebrows, like he's got no facial hair, like yeah. he was, you know, um but you know, he's there and it's and it's fine, I guess, but it just it didn't Yeah, it didn't make any sense. And why you know, why didn't he help? Yeah. It makes me it was like look, get off your ass, man. Go 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 get some work done. You know, like yeah. Like, yeah, if you look up pictures of Martian Manhunter from Supergirl, it's infinitely better than that design, in my opinion. Hang on, let me do that right now. Yeah, do it, because I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that, because I, I much prefer that to the other one. It's certainly, he's not he's not quite, uh, you know, as buttery smooth as, uh, as his comic interpretation, but at the same time, it's not as, what I would say, as off-putting as, uh, as the, just the Snyderverse one is. Hang on, I had I had an issue there for a second. Let me just try this. Yeah, yeah. Thinking. Sorry, thinking. yeah, you can... Um, I'm having some weird problem with my computer. I'm just going to search on my phone here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Give me one second. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned Batman, uh, the mother box logic. I think I mentioned that already, right? That's, like, yeah. why the mother boxes were, like, cool with no Kryptonian for fucking, like centuries and then one shows up and they're like oh oh and then yeah. they go quiet and then he dies and it's like all right now's the good time is this, all these other- is this him yeah 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 okay. that's him yeah yeah um he's still got a bunch of lines on his face here but it's not as well this also he's got kind of like a brain thing he's got yeah, like a brain yeah, thing yeah, that's basically it's not thing. like it's not like going all over the place it's this it's also a- looks prosthetic is this prosthetic in the show I don't know. Some of it, it's been a while since I've seen the the show, but I thought a lot of the stuff that I'd seen was CG. There might be, they might have evolved to doing some prosthetic stuff too. I, I can't confirm or deny that, but most of what I'd seen was CG. Interesting. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I mean, on a TV budget, it was not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. But for this, like for a major film, granted, this one was done, like these, these would have been done on the cheap in comparison, I think, but. If it's not up to par, don't put it in the film. It's just just my thoughts. Yep. Yeah. Um, so thoughts. yeah, happy to happy to see you, but like this circumstances are all wrong. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, the Flash. Barry uh, Allen. Better. Better. They they took out they took out the brunch nonsense. They made him a lot less gig. <laughs> Um, it, it was still there, and yeah. to be honest, like that was one of my biggest complaints. Like his his anxiety to be around people was so fucking annoying. Yeah, but um, in this one, they, they he still had that a little bit. But the thing is, it wasn't so over the top that it was silly, and I like that. So he was he was redeemed in my eyes for that. Also, you get that really like okay, the super speed scene where he saves uh, Iris because that yeah. was Iris West. Yes. Um, 
I don't know if you noticed. There was two things that I noticed specifically, but when he runs out to go and greet her, first of all, it's a little creepy, but that's not one of my two things. Um, he's got kind of this kind of creepy demeanor about him. But one thing that, so Nisha called out that it was kind of creepy what he was doing, and it started dawning on me. He's not being so caressy and gentle because he's being creepy. He's yeah. being caressy and gentle because if he moves her just yeah. a little bit too much, he'll fucking destroy her. Yeah, yeah, and he's exactly. he's doing all these tiny little touches and motions and stuff to move her arms in and start rotating her around. That it was so well thought out, and it's yeah. the little details too, like him running up and stopping destroys the ground because yeah. of the amount of friction of him stopping. Yeah, uh, they they did super speed perfect. I I don't think I can think of another film that had done something like this to this amount of detail. Uh, I was so super impressed. The other thing about that scene that I didn't like that I didn't like was the inclusion of what I can only describe as the most phallic hot dog I've ever seen coming into frame from the left. Like it came in <laughs> yeah. from off screen. Like he's looking at Iris West, and then all of a sudden, this this hot dog starts and, and coming in from the side like this, and then he reaches up and grabs it. I'm like, what is happening? And then he puts it into his pocket. I'm like, guys, guys, guys. What is like? I wish anything phallic that that. I, I, I got to look for phallic stuff in every Zack Snyder film I can because I'm pretty sure he sticks it in there wherever, whenever he gets the opportunity. Like, for instance, in Man of Steel, yeah. the ships that they're the little pod things that send them up to the fucking yeah, Phantom yeah, Zone. Yeah, they just look they like dicks. Man, they look yeah. like dicks. Um, but yeah, the hot dog the thing hot was dog very thing was strange. so weird. It was so yeah. weird. When you see it floating and he looks at it, he smiles. I'm like, what am I watching right now? It was so like, weird. <laughs> I was just like, I don't understand. Um, outside of that, and, and also him being a little bit less uh, crazy, they do they introduce a little bit more of the time. Tra- they actually introduce time travel to him, oh, and they yeah. bring it up a couple Dude. times, which I thought was really neat. Loved it. I loved that, and I loved the rethought ending uh, with him. Again, it's 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 uh, like I was saying before, like everything that happens has a predi- uh, a preceding thing that 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 sets it up. So in this case, they do the whole I can build up enough kinetic, you know, energy and like shock something into into life. They use it again at the end of the movie. They use it to resurrect Superman with the mother box, but then they use it again at the end of the movie on a larger scale. Yeah. I loved um the end of this movie. Like I loved Flash's involvement at the end of this movie because that felt like the comics to me that mm. moment um when and, and oh sorry special shout out to billy crudup because Follow that guy up. does a ton with so little screen time yeah. i think i think yeah. he he's such he was so good flash just for the dad. flash's dad yeah, yeah playing playing his dad does so well uh playing his dad and there, there are th- there are actual themes of like stop living in the past, you know, make your own future, and like all of these themes that were completely not in the theatrical cut, agreed, but yeah. have been a huge part of the Flash mythology for for forever, you know, in the comics. So when when he gets cut, like when he gets shot at the end of the movie, and he he basically can't run. Um, and then he's going to start running again and he's going to, I thought that he was going to die. I thought this was going to be like an infinite, I thought this was going to be like an infinite crisis, crisis on infinite earths comic yeah. book thing where Agreed. Barry Allen dies. 
Like, I really thought that's the direction they were going in. And then the whole visualization of him going back into time, I'm like, this is... Again, it's that creativity that I was like, this is cool. I've never seen anything like that, the way they... The way they do that. And you notice, like, when he's, like, he's turning back time as he's getting closer to Cyborg and the land and the actual concrete and stuff is forming just because he's, like, he's turning it back just in time for himself, basically. Like, and he's running and he's running and things are coming back together and you see, like, this crazy detail of people being vaporized and then, like, getting unvaporized. Unvaporized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like um, uh, the cyborg in particular is fun because, like, he, he just has the skull, but everything yeah. else is machinery. So it's just his skull that's, like, yeah. coming back. Um, man, I really loved that. That was a, like, that was a moment where, uh, you know, I think they really nailed the essence of what makes Flash, like, fun and yeah um and i'm so happy that he had that moment at the end of the movie again i wish aquaman had some kind of moment but like he's he's just doesn't he's he's just he's just kind of there but yeah i'm glad that flash was able to have this big big moment uh for him look we got to come to terms with the fact that aquaman without aquaman in this film we would have gotten absolutely zero percent of William Defoe as Volko. So, oh, man. with yeah. that alone, and let's talk about Volko's hair, okay? Ooh. Pinned back like a champ. What oh, is it? Is, is he dangling? I thought he it's had it pinned dangling back. Dangling and long, <laughs> just scraggly, flo- flowing in the water. It, okay, it was- you know, there are actually. I got really excited because when they when they go in the the the, the first Atlantean shot, there's just a giant octopus. I, I go to Shugu. I'm like, there's an octopus, and then he just kind of floats by. And then I'm like, ah, well, you know, he's not playing the drums. I was going to say, he's okay. going to his drum set is where he's back <laughs> And then they show another octopus later. I'm like, there's so many octopi in this movie. I love it. <laughs> Your obsession with octopi is silly. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? No, we, yeah. we have Superman. Right? Superman. Um, I, I, you could see that he's still not all there together. I'm not, we, I don't think there's a ton to talk about really. I mean, it, it his, his characterization similar to what happened in the theatrical cut, except that you get a little bit more time with him and Lois at the farm. And, and you expand on that a little bit. He dons the black and white suit for no reason at all. Aside from Zach and I wanted a black and white suit. Um, but he is far more violent in the at the end with dealing with Steppenwolf than he was, and you can see the reaction in Batman's face when he's seeing this. Yeah. It, everybody kind of I, I I'm trying I'd have to rewatch it, but I feel like at least more it, I feel like more than just Batman saw what was going on is like uh soups this is a little bit much, isn't it? He just keeps punching him in the face, punching just- him in the face, and cuts off his horn, and just it's yeah. brutal. He just assaults him. A lot. Yeah, he just fucks him up. He, he really fucks does. Him up good. And uh I that that's But like, let's be honest. Yeah. Aquaman skewers him and Wonder oh. Woman cuts his no, no. head off. So Those like were... in the grand scheme of things, getting punched in the face repeatedly is probably the least of what you have to worry about with this homicidal Justice League is waiting in a line, just <laughs> just waiting to get to you. When's he done? When's that last punch thrown? I really want to get to this guy. I know. They're just piling on, but I mean, notably at the very least, I remember noting that Batman kind of had a had an off reaction to it. You kind of yeah. he kind of sees it and is like, mm, I don't know about that shit. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I like that because that's leading into the future problems that they're going to have with Superman leading into him succumbing to anti-life and all that jazz. Like, yeah, yeah. you've got all these little flashbacks or flash forwards that even Cyborg had a hell of a flash forward. Yeah. Where you see so him kind I, of. Again, that's another random thing where yeah. they just like they're just like, hey, I really want to show this stuff. Where can we write this in? Oh, yeah. the Kryptonian ship is yeah. going to show me. Which doesn't make any sense. Zero. Um, yeah, because and then when it goes into that flashback, it doesn't. It's not clear. It's a flashback. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if it's, no. it's the thing with the editing. It just shows Wonder Woman on a pyre with the coins on her eyes. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, like, what's it, going it, on? And then because um, it, it keeps going and it doesn't flash back to Cyborg twitching or anything like that. It shows this whole thing. Yeah. And then shows Cyborg like as if he was like having a vision. Yeah, I'm like, man, they really need to work on the editing on that scene because I, had, I was like, it confused the hell out of me too. There, the yeah. other thing that confused oh, me oh, too. Oh, sorry, sorry. One, one no, more thing no, about no. that about the flashback scene. Yeah. So Wonder Woman is is like on a funeral pyre. Darkseid kills Aquaman. I think in that in that shot, in that thing, he's in at he's in underwater, and we get to see his Omega beams. Did you fucking yes. see that shit? Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah. I thought we were going to go this whole movie without ever seeing him fire the Omega Beams, but he fires them and they do the crazy fucking right angle zigzag thing. And I'm like, yes. And he turns around and his like eyes are like simmering in the water. It was really cool. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he kills Aquaman in that scene. He's like, Aquaman's in the background. Like, you I don't know, know man. He's dead or whatever. There was, but, there was a few dead people in that scene. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of weird editing, did they say something at the very beginning of the film after Superman's done yelling? Um, and then when they cut to Bruce in going up the mountain with the horse, did they say how much time had passed between Superman's death and that point? Because all of a no. sudden I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah. How much time has passed? Like I had no notion of that. Was it days? Was it a year? Like, because they had that scene where you see the pregnancy kit in Lois's mm -hmm. drawer, mm -hmm. and I thought, like, my thought was that there was at least like. A lot of time, months, if not a year, that had passed since Superman's death. I got that feeling, but I don't think that's right. It's a really old pregnancy test, just sitting in her drawer. Yeah, after a year, still might happen. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, man. She's just—I don't know. I, I I just thought it was such a—it was something that, like, again, the editing of the film could have used a little bit of work in some places, and that was one where they just jumped without really giving anybody any context, or at least yeah, they don't know. I you don't really it. know. Yeah, you're right. You don't really know how how much time has has passed. Um, well, we know how much time has passed so far. Uh, yeah, what are we at? About an hour forty six right now, based right. on our our signal call. So, um, anything else you wanted to mention? That's uh, uh, in your yeah, notes? yeah. Like, like so, let me, let me think. Uh, we talked about the we talked about that. We did Wonder Woman, Flash. I think we got all the leaders. Aquaman, yeah. We didn't really talk about Batman, but he he's this we whole this whole like role. subplot with with his you know big you know uh, transport ship not flying. I thought that was really dumb and yeah. I just thought it was I thought it was kind of silly because you have all these super powered beings. It's like why do we really like? Is this like the critical the critical blocker is not getting this transport ship working? I feel like yeah. we could figure something out here, guys. Like yeah. you know. Um, um what else yeah kilowog is in this what kilowog is in this movie he's dead was but he's in kilowog? this movie that was definitely kilowog as the the camp i can't is that in i don't know if that's in like cyborgs 
you know, like nightmare scene or Batman's nightmare scene at the end of the movie where the camera is kind of like pushing forward and there's a bunch of bodies. And Kilowog is definitely in the scene. Kilowog, for anybody who's, uh, you know, any listeners who who, are, uh, who don't know who he is, he's he's a he is the uh, trainer of Green Lanterns. Um, so when any new cadets come in to train, um, Kilowog is one of the one of the actor trainers, and he's the one that trains Hal Jordan. I think he trains John Stewart as well, mm-hmm. um, and Guy Gardner. So. Uh, he has a very distinctive look to him, so it was really easy to spot when yeah. um, when he, the camera's flying forward and, and you see his body. Um, that was really random. But, you know, it's in there. Zack Snyder's just, like, killing people. I think yeah, likes, I think that's kind likes, of kill, He likes killing Green Lanterns. But let's be honest. The Green Lantern comics also love to kill Green Lanterns. So yeah. <laughs> they're just, there are some brutal Green Lantern murders in like the Sinestro Core War and the Blackest Night. They're just, you know, ever since they kind of really opened that universe up to having the Green Lanterns be this massive core and they started focusing on tales from the Green Lantern Core, they suddenly became expendable, like yeah. in a big way, <laughs> in a b- big way. Um, um, I actually just took a did a quick little research thing. It was indeed Kilowog. That's crazy. I didn't actually. I just yeah. saw the Green Lantern uniform. I didn't. Is there a picture or something? Because yeah, know if, I'll send there, it later. Yeah. It's it's yeah, very yeah. dark though, so it's easy. It is easy to miss. But the other lantern is Yalan Gur, the the know. the one who gets his hand chopped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yalan Gur. It looks. Oh my god! I'm looking at comic book pictures of him. It looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, what the fuck, man? This I would have loved ridiculous. to have seen you know like something maybe. It's it's too ancient, I guess. That flashback to see like an Abin Sur or like yeah. uh, something like that that would have been really that would have been really been cool. Um, yeah. But you know, it it makes I do. That's one of the things I like about the Green Lantern Corps is that it's it can always be someone different, some crazy alien design. Uh, they can be really creative with it, and they did that there, and it was it was still it was still really cool. Yeah, agreed. Um, trying to think of anything else that that I noticed. Uh, I mean, Dark Side. Let's talk about Dark Side. Yeah, we didn't really, um, we didn't really talk about him. About him. Uh, I I remember mentioning on this show, on the previous show, that um, I wasn't really was kind of like I thought he seemed a little not not very imposing and kind of like really drab, or like even Apocalypse sort of seemed a little bit drab in, in its sort of golden hues and like reds and stuff. Yeah, um, I sort of still stand by that, but I do like I I do like it more uh, right. seeing it in the movie, like seeing yeah. him in the movie. I like him more. We'll see him move, see him walk, see him talk, like uh, not at like a second at a time as a part of a trailer or whatever. Right. Um, did sell me on it a little bit more. And I, I and again, I also like Decide. I did like Decide. Um, I liked his voice. They don't really hint at what he does, uh, but he is a, he is a torturer. He is like Darkseid's resident torture expert. Right. Um, so there's that. Would love to see that. I'm sure Zack Snyder's <laughs> he chopping at the bit to be like, oh, we got to show Desad torture someone because I, I just I do feel like Zack Snyder really wants to tell this anti-life injustice-ish kind of story, um, because he keeps slipping all these hints into the future. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh. 
You know, What's you know what added resonance or, or, or uh, impo- I guess the the his imposing demeanor of the, the imposing demeanor of Darkseid was really Steppenwolf's. You've got this massive, scary-looking character of Steppenwolf, yeah, and he bitches out so hard and is just begging for the attention and yeah. appreciation from Darkseid. That that lends a lot of credibility to Darkseid as the imposing, you know. Uh, true harbinger of doom of that universe. That's so, true. So That's yeah, I true. think that that helped. But like when he showed up as that through the tablet when they were FaceTiming the apocalypse, <laughs> yeah. um, that I really liked that. Like he just it, it was like Desaad apparently says something, he busts a nut or something, and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. Dark Side shows up and it's just like whoa, oh dear. Yeah. Like you're, yeah, you're going straight to the to the upper management. You're no longer straight dealing the with top. the lackeys. And it's funny why why that happens because Steppenwolf. I mean, there's a lot a lot of characters here that are not having like visions. Okay, there's a lot of visions. There's in this movie. a lot <laughs> of visions, <laughs> a lot. and uh, it's just a, a crutch to have char- like you know to move the plot along when we can't really you know establish anything else. But yeah. Steppenwolf's random vision had me also like wildly confused. <laughs> I was like, what's it going wasn't on? A vision. It was the uh, the mother boxes. They knew. They 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 were telling him. Oh, okay, so he's having this. Those mother boxes are having this vision, and he does the same thing where he hits the ground and he's drawing pictures in the desert or whatever. And <laughs> Dude, I'm like, <laughs> they just replaced the animation that Darkseid had with yeah. Steppenwolf's model. That's all they did. Yeah. They just swapped it out. And I'm pretty sure when when Darkseid hit the ground, didn't the anti life equation yeah. thing? It was there. Yeah, I, I I I'm pretty sure it was drawn in there as well. And yeah. I I um. Yeah, so I mean, there are things that like I like the movie, but like you know, it's not a it's not a like a huge knockout. I will watch it. I will watch it again. But there's a lot of these rant, like the vision crutch is just like everyone just had. You know, Aquaman had like exp- for as many conversations in Aquaman that were interrupted by an explosion. I think there are visions <laughs> in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So if you're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna harp yeah. on the explosion interrupt, interrupting conversations. We got to talk about how many visions there are. So so Steppenwolf has this vision, and then he says the anti-life equation is on Earth. So I, and then Darkseid shows up and he's like, "What? It's there." He's and then he's like, "I found the planet." That you couldn't take, or whatever, with the mother boxes. And I'm like, yeah. did Darkseid forget where he was? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I was confused about that conversation. Maybe, maybe he I probably missed repressed something. it because if you get split by an axe by David Thewlis, you <laughs> forget. You force <laughs> yourself to forget. <laughs> David Thewlis. Oh man. Woo. I fucking lo- I love that moment. I'm gonna watch that shit again before I go to bed tonight. Like I gotta watch that scene again. But uh, but yeah, like that conversation didn't really. He's like, oh, the anti life equation is there. Yeah. On Earth. Yeah. But it seemed like anyway. It was. I I, I think I just missed something while they were having the conversation. What What do you think of this whole technology with them sticking it into this giant metal thing? I didn't even understand why they were doing it that way it was it was a macguffin more than anything it was a macguffin for the macguffins yeah it was just a weird way to communicate but also i feel like Zack snyder is being a little bit consistent with his like technologies because even in man of steel like the kryptonian technology is kind of similar in that it's that pin pin cushion thing where like you know uh, forms will take like when you're talking to someone it takes physical form but it's you know, like a bunch of like almost like little nanobots that are yeah. 
that are taking the form. So this yeah, is like yeah. a more a more brutish brutish form of that of that technology. But um, yeah, what did you think of Darkseid's voice? I liked it. it yeah, I did really, too. Like it didn't blow me away or anything like that. Yeah. But I liked it. I, yeah. I I like Michael Ironside better, but that's just me. Yeah, oh, he's he's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much. I I wish we got to hear Granny Goodness talk, but we don't. She just no. kind of shows up and then walks away. Um, and it leads into this invasion thing. What what would be like an arm like an actual full scale invasion? Uh, yeah. of earth by apocalypse um so i guess the bottom line here for me is that i actually want to see more of this and you're never going to yeah yeah and and, and that's actually fine i'm not when i say i want to see more it's not like i i wish i could see more i'm more of like it if someone was like hey they're gonna like make a sequel to this or whatever i'd be actually excited like there's actually there are a lot of cool ideas here and when the movie ended i was generally just when the movie ended I was happy. I was a happy camper. I was was like, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun, that was a fun movie. I, I enjoyed that. And, um, I think that's really what it's about. Is it? (laughs) I guess. Right. Just Um, enjoying it, man. We got two movies in a single movie, basically given the fucking runtime. Um, but honestly, yeah, I mean, ultimately this movie delivered on the promise of being able to see Zack Snyder's vision on film, because this movie, like we said, is through and through a Zack Snyder joint. Um, and it was just, it was a good way to close out things for this characters. Cause I, I don't, it doesn't seem like this is the direction that DC's the DC extended universe is going to be going from the get go. Now it seems like, or from the here on out, maybe not the get go. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like know. This is um, not this canon. I think they said, I think I said, I read a head, I read a headline or something. Yeah, said yeah, that. This yeah. is not, this is not canon. This is kind of like an Elseworlds story, I guess you could say. Right. So I don't know. I mean, there's obviously there's an option. I mean, to, to be able to wrangle this cast and get anything done again, even even if this is super successful, probably doesn't seem viable. But like, this is something that could be expanded upon. Like, you can get, I'm sure Snyder would be interested in expanding on this. Maybe as comic, having comic yeah, books be the medium, yeah. um, maybe animated. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know if he's into yeah. animation, but. It could be something that he did do that owl movie. I still think that's his best movie. That's true. The yeah, way. the Guardians of uh, yeah. Gahul or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I do enjoy that movie. Um, it's a good movie. But uh, oh, sorry. Two things I wanted to mention. Like, sure. Two things that like, I noticed were not in this movie that were taken out, and probably maybe they were things that Joss Whedon added that I actually was kind of sad about. Was the title song in the original theatrical cut? I actually really do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the title song that plays over Superman's funeral with the everybody knows uh, with the credits. Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah I, I do like that song. Um, so I was kind of sad to see that go. And the second thing was actually like Batman talking to the Flash when he's nervous when he sees Steppenwolf for the first time, mm-hmm. and he's nervous about helping and like doesn't know how to do it. He's not a hero, and he tells him just save one, and then you'll figure it out. Like you'll figure it out from there. I always liked that conversation, and I thought that was really poignant, direct to the point, sets up like themes, sets up motivations. It's really cool, and they don't have that. They they got rid of that line or that little chat that they have before um, before fighting Steppenwolf, and I was I was kind of sad to see that one go. I like that one. I I don't think they needed it here, and here's why: is that Flash seemed like a more competent and accomplished 
uh, superhero, I guess you could say, at that time, knowing right. that he can't what what his limitations are, both from a physical perspective and also not crossing the line and messing with time travel. Like you could tell, he hasn't been doing this for you know, um, he's been doing this for a little while at this point. So he knows what he can and can't do. So him questioning and being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It wouldn't make sense in this context if you're going to have him also say things like, I can't do this or that. Well, okay, you can do this, but you don't know this. It, it's, I, I, I right. like him not being such a, somebody that somebody needs to hold his hand the whole time. And that's, right. I, I, he just did, that's kind of how he felt in the, the first one or the theatrical right. cut. In this one, right. it, he felt like his own man, which I really liked, or his own kid. I mean, he seemed still very childish, but yeah, yeah, uh, he was his own person. He didn't need somebody to hold his hand. I like that. Do you notice in the uh, in the flashback sequence? Sorry, not the flashback. The, which the, one? The night. The night. Yeah, I know you have to be specific. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the nightmare sequence at the end of the movie with Batman. Um, he's got that crazy costume and helmet that comes down. Yeah. Some of the armor choices were cool because then Mara shows up and you notice the trident she's holding is actually, uh, it's the, uh, the King's trident or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, that she's holding. And Deathstroke is there. We didn't really talk about Deathstroke and like Luther's little scene where he escapes. You know what I was hoping? I was hoping when Luther, they show Luther escaping that the guy was going to walk in and it was going to be a hologram like Superman two. You ever, you ever see Superman 2? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. I thought the, the guy was going to walk in and block the little hologram light. I would have died if that's how he got out of this movie. He's like a hologram of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, it's some crazy asshole that just laughs a lot. But, Super uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then you see Deathstroke and you see Cyborg, who who looks the same. Doesn't look different no. uh, in the in the nightmare sequence. But I do like the small armor changes and, like, the weapons that they're using. It's a little... It's a it's a it's a nod to like a natu- like an evolution and a different time. Right. Um, um, yeah, I, there was one la- there was one thing I wanted to mention, and it's uh, just floated out of my head. Oh, uh, yeah, the other thing I'd mention is that I think there are more shots in this movie of them working together mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, there's a noticeable shot where in the theatrical cut it's just Wonder Woman on the bridge, but in this cut it's Wonder Woman cyborg and aquaman together and they fight steppenwolf together and aquaman and cyborg fight together and uh i love that there's more of their powers working together and them working together whereas before it just seemed very disparate and like yeah no agreed um yeah so i think like they they have more scenes in the action of their powers working together and them working together um so i thought that was that was really cool as well um well, we have this to look forward to when it comes out on physical. You can see it in 4K, which will be, I have a feeling it will be fantastic. Um, one other thing that is seemingly coming out, and I don't know if this is a, an HBO exclusive or not, is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Justice is Gray, which is essentially the same thing except black and white. Now, I got the black and white one for Logan because they had that they had done that. And it's neat. It's a really cool novelty. I don't know that I've inserted that black and white disc again for Logan. This one might play very well, though, because overall, it's a very dark-looking film. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, yeah I mean, that's why the blacks. stream was so ugly, too. Yeah, Because I'm it is sure. a dark-looking film, and the compression just doesn't Ugh. do well on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're absolutely right, and the colors are a little bit more muted. Right. Another movie that's done that um, to limited success, I would say, is or limited success where people prefer it is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. 
also has a oh I the, couldn't see that the black and cr- the black and chrome edition or something like that. No, I wouldn't want to see that. I love the colors in that movie. I I think they're like yeah. all blown out and super saturated. And yeah. It's kind of beautiful. But uh, some people say that the black like the that black and white version is also quite good. So um, yeah, no. I don't know if I'd be interested in seeing that. Well, you know what? I I'm I'm gonna be watching it again. But I'll, I'll you know I'd be interested in checking it out. I might not watch it all the way through, but yeah. uh, in black and white, just I'd be curious. Yeah, the one that, other thing that's coming out. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that's the extent. Like, it would be a novelty for me to watch once and then probably never put it in again. Because the thing is, the colors that they do use in this, when the colors are on screen and it's not super dark, are vibrant and uh, important. I would say, like for instance, like cyborg, the cyborg especially, the way that his eyes and the 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 center thing on his head, everything yeah. lights up, and the way that those colors play on the screen, it's very important. And if you kind of get rid of that in a black and white edition, I feel like you're losing something. I'd say the flash lightning stuff too. Absolutely, is like, that's super. That really does pop. Absolutely. Right? Um, the uh, the other thing that's coming out is in a Batman versus Superman uh, director's cut, like enhanced version. I don't know if you've read about this. I got but a they 4K basically on that he already. like he's like correcting the. I think it's the IMAX stuff and color correction oh, okay. on uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, and it is coming out on on 4K as well, so I think I'm going to buy it because I don't own that one just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to kind of round out, you know, the collection and, uh, and give it another shot, you know, give it another go because I do want to watch that again and yeah. see if you know maybe I maybe I feel differently about that movie now. But I I'm not I'm not a fan of that of that movie. There's some stuff I do like, but I'm not a huge fan. I do like Man of Steel a lot though. Uh, sure. I like Man of Steel. Not a huge fan of Batman versus Superman. And now, uh, you know, with Justice League, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it, uh, you know, I am a fan of this four-hour cut, but yeah, um, but yeah, so I think I'm probably gonna pick that, pick that one up, and I'll pick this up. This is coming out on Blu-ray. If it's getting a physical release later this month as well, so I'll pick the, both of those up, give them a rewatch, and uh, and yeah, I'm excited to see this movie in like a higher bit rate, higher resolution with great sound. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, same. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. I do, do. you know when the Blu-ray is actually supposed to be released? I feel like it's this week. I think it yeah. might actually be this week. Um, I don't know about the Canadian release, but I'm pretty sure the street date is this week. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I. I'd definitely be interested in in picking it up, like actually having the physical copy. I still need to get a 4K Blu-ray player, though. That I do not have. Right, right. I'm, but I'm, again, then it'll also be on sale for like digital, like 4K. True. Which will probably be better than which will be definitely be better than what we got, like what we get on HBO uh, Crave with the HBO attachment for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Cool. I don't think I have anything else. That's no, cool. man. That is it. It was a lot. It was a longer episode, but I think there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's stuff we haven't talked about that we have thought about, but it is a four-hour movie, so it's hard to talk about everything. I'm sure some stuff will come out in subsequent episodes where it's like, oh, hey, I forgot to mention this. Yeah, I forgot to yeah. mention that. We'll, we'll do um, addendums. Yeah, yeah. That'll happen. That'll happen later. Um. But yeah, you know, we got we got this. It's a miracle. I feel like this is just a miracle. It's not something I asked for or something I thought we needed. Uh, but you know, it's here. 
and I actually I kind of enjoyed it. So um, I, it's 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 going to be pointed at. Like I feel like there's a weird uh, it's it's it, things are changing. Like whether you know what you know, on all fronts. We, you know how this was released. You know it's a streaming exclusive, um, and only streaming will this uh, only streaming service would ever be able to release something of this type on this yeah. like a four hour movie. I feel like it does change things. I feel like there's going to be there's going to be streaming services are going to be more open in the future to take weird risks like this. Um, so you know I mean time will tell, but. Hopefully this there is successful. Is. I would really like this to be very successful for for WB, HBO, and DC Comics because I don't know. Use just, a win. They could use a win. Yeah, they could, <laughs> could use, use a win. A win. I feel yeah. like we're not hearing much from the DC camp right now. The last thing we got was Wonder Woman eighty four, and that was something we should probably talk about. Oh boy! Oh boy! Maybe maybe we don't have to talk about it. It sounds like we both didn't enjoy it. We'll yeah. save that for another. We'll save that for another episode. I feel like there's not a lot to add than uh, on top of what everyone else is, all the editorials and reviews and stuff that have already been written about that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, they could use a win and I hope, I hope successful and I'm looking forward to Zack Snyder's next movie, which is not superhero driven. It's army of the dead. And I'm, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. He got to release his, his cut with all the goods and the bads that come with it. You yes. Know? I think yeah. that's a really cool thing. Absolutely. I mean, uh, say what you will about his his movies. They look great, in my opinion. I think they look fucking fantastic. I like his visual eye. I like his style. Um, yeah, he's not a great storyteller in a sense because it's, a lot of his stuff is a little bit overblown. I feel like there's plot holes that you can drive a fucking truck through a lot of these films. But mm. at the same time, it's... It's what he wanted to do, and it's his vision. I'm glad we got to see that instead of the watered down crap that we got for the for for the 2017 release. I I just I hate that film. I fucking hate it. It's just it really yeah. So no, angry. I remember. I remember you do not yeah. like that movie. I'm uh yeah. I'm a little more lenient on it. I I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um. All right, man. I guess uh, let's wrap this up then. Thank you yeah. everybody for listening. Uh, we greatly appreciate your support and your love and all that jazz. How's that? That's pretty good. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. We're, we still just don't know how to end this. Uh, we need a consistent way to do it. Somebody, if you have a suggestion, let me know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been Justin. This has been Otto. Take care, guys. Peace.